their alleged offense? Heterosexuality. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, June 30th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 317. This is No Agenda. Protecting our blood and treasure from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay. In the morning, I am the square in your Google Plus circle. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley with bells on. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. And in the morning to you. In the morning to you, Adam Curry, and all ships that see feet on the ground, boots in the air, and uh, airports in the uh, jets in the airport, and airports to uh, fly in the, on all the rest of you. <laughs> okay. And to all corporate jet owners, in the morning to you, everybody. This is uh, the No Agenda Show. We'd like to say a special warm welcome to all of our human resources in the No Agenda chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, charged up, ready to go, just the way the government needs them to suck the lifeblood out of them. Uh, we are here to uh, give you your uh, bi-weekly entertainment injection as we uh, traverse down the tree of news, <laughs> as it were. So let's start with uh, the fact that you happen to be on this show. We have to deal with the fact that you're stoned. I'm drugged. I'm totally drugged. So I, I threw my back out yesterday. And it was, it was one of those weird things where I had two. Uh, I do these interviews for the, uh, for the Big App Show. I do uh, with authors. And, uh, you know, I don't have uh, Kevin the Blade anymore as the intern. So I'm doing everything myself. I'm running around. And I need uh, a bar stool for the studio to sit on during this uh, particular segment. And uh -huh. I and I'm stressed already, and I'm not. Th and I pick up the stool, and all of a sudden, click. You know, it's like Mickey says, like a rotated hip disc or whatever it is, and uh, it's very painful. And you have uh, a muscle spasm. Of course, it's a, now it's spasming to counteract whatever. And uh, so she tried, you know, massaging, and you know, she's got that machine. It's funny how the machine always winds up. You know, oh, I'm sorry, I slipped in your butt. <laughs> it's like that's the big joke, right? Massaging your back and uh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put it there. <laughs> it's like, well, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and then she says, well, you know, she has a uh, a leg difference, so um, uh, she has a uh, she she often is in uh, some form of pain and is under continuous uh, care of a chiropractor, which I'll be seeing tomorrow. She said, well, why don't you try one of my muscle relaxers? <laughs> By prescription. I'm sorry, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I took one during the day once. It was okay. And uh, so I, uh, before we started the show, I read this to John. It's uh, Karasoprodol. And it literally yeah. says here, Soma. The trade name Soma. <laughs> Soma. Yeah. Now, for those of you who have never read uh, A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, that is the drug that keeps all the slaves uh, complacent. Yeah, well, apparently this stuff is not a true muscle relaxant. What it's, is it? <laughs> it's groovy is what it is, baby. It's good stuff. But it does uh, offer a relief of acute painful uh, musculoskeletal conditions. In other words, it kind of does the trick. It's a Valium is often used as a muscle relaxant for the same reason. Is this like Valium? Yeah, a little bit, only it's probably more addictive, and it's apparently people get strung out on it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. You can buy it on the street from one to ten dollars a pill, and it's a really a wow. Yeah. Oh, oh. This, well, you know, now that uh, this is so, this is like 
five pills left in the box. That's 50 bucks. I'll need it now that uh, Amazon has canceled uh, my affiliate program in California. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm very upset about this. You know, this well, must this, have been bringing in 15, 20 bucks a month. Please. This is, uh, this supplements the no agenda income. Uh, I sell apps through Amazon. I sell books oh. through Amazon. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who, who don't know, this is it's kind of shaken up the affiliate world uh, due to a law passed uh, and signed into law uh, last night by uh, douchebag Jerry Brown. Uh, Amazon has done what they've done in several other states, including, uh, I believe, Illinois, uh, I think North Dakota. Uh, yeah, they, say, they have no choice. Yeah, well, so uh, here's, what, here's what I wanted to ask you about that. Well, let me just finish the, the what's happening here. So they say, look, um, what this law is intended to do is to make us charge sales tax across uh, state lines, and we believe it's unconstitutional. So like these other states where this has happened, uh, unfortunately, we have to cancel all affiliate contracts. And the way I understand it is that um, uh, you are an advertiser for uh, Amazon, and that there's some huge lobby from uh, like Home Depot and Walmart in particular uh, who want to screw Amazon, who, of course, are weaseling in on their business by saying, if you have sales uh, and advertising, if you have advertising and sales representatives in a state, that is the same as having a store in the state. Therefore, well, it, you need yeah, to pay. Well, it's actually not the advertising so much as the so-called presence presence right the way the law is written is that if uh, you are this started with mail order this has been going on since the early days of mail order in the 20s or even before then and yeah it, it was the, the, the they were all, everybody was complaining local merchants were always complaining about mail order guys that were mailing stuff into the uh, area and where people they were hope would hope would come to their store so there was a compromise made some i don't know decades ago which said that, well, we won't tax you unless you have a presence in that state. And a presence means you would have a, a store a like store. Sears, for example, right. had Sears catalogs, and then they had all these Sears stores all over the place, and you'd have to pay. If you bought from the catalog by mail, you'd have to pay taxes to your state because you had a presence. So so they couldn't find a presence because there's no Amazon stores around here. And then some wise guy, I think it was in Virginia or someplace else, some 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 governor said, hey, wait a minute. What about these affiliates? Doesn't that count? They're stores. Well, I think it goes beyond that. I mean, as I've been reading into this, uh, there's a huge, you know, multi-million dollar lobby that's been going on to make this happen. Now, of course, it's really, it's Amazon that canceled uh, my contract and contracts of any affiliate anywhere uh, in the state, in the great state of California, um, so I really should be mad at them, but they're pulling the constitutional card, and that's what I wanted to ask you. They're saying they believe that this move is unconstitutional. I think it is. It's a, it's taxation without representation. The idea is, for one thing, it's not a federal tax. So it's really not a federal thing. It's a, You can't tax somebody that's not in your state 
for doing business in your state when they're not really doing business in your state. I mean, the only argument that you can maybe make in a, in a long shot is that, well, look, the book is coming in through UPS and UPS is a representative delivery mechanism for Amazon. And they but UPS pays their taxes. I pay my taxes over over the, the the proceeds from my affiliate sales on the books as well. I pay taxes on that. Yeah, And you pay taxes for whatever money is made. They just want to the idea is everybody's so hard up to keep all these overpaid government workers with those high salaries and big you know benefits when they retire that they're scrounging around for any way they can tax it and this has been going on for, like I said for decades before the internet they've been trying to screw over these mail order companies and yeah there was a few there maybe there's some business lost Walmart loses some business but Walmart has been screwing over local vendors anyway forever, so forever. maybe that shoe should be on the other foot here for those guys they're a bunch of sleaze balls so uh, this is the first time that I can remember in my life where, um, I mean, the rug was literally pulled f- uh, out from under me. I mean, I've been building this uh, big app show for a year and a half. And, of course, it, the link share is uh, a part of the iTunes affiliate program. I'm sure that that'll, that'll ha- they'll have to do something similar or we'll have to come up with some kind of taxation scheme or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I've been building this and this big book show has been a real big push for me, uh, you know, for the past, uh, four or five months. And literally it's like from one day to the next, like, uh, that's it. No more money to be made. And there's no other way to make money on, on a show that promotes books through amazon.com. And I, and, and I literally, I sat down with Ms. Mickey last night and I said, I think we have to move. Uh, just out of protest, even. Yeah, but this you know, it's fifteen hundred bucks a month that I make on this stuff. I sell books. That's a lot. Yeah, but I, I've been working hard on it. This is you know, I'm trying to supplement the income. It, I think it is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. I've, I've been in that program, and I, if I make ten bucks a month, it's a miracle. Yeah, but if you really, really work at yeah, it, yeah, no, and, you're right. If I suppose you could probably even double that. I, well, I was on track to do quite well this year, and now it's like gone. Now, of course. I guess I could incorporate in another state, I guess, but out of principle, and and and, I, and we were just talking about it, and, and and Mickey, I have to say, she said, she actually brought it up. She said, "Well, let's move out of this crap state." I'm like, really? <laughs> she says, "Yeah. Where, where where's a good deal?" So we we you know we went to the the webs, and uh, well, we did what everyone does. Guess what state is nearby that has uh, no uh, income tax, personal income tax, no corporate tax? I don't know, like Nevada. Nevada, maybe. yeah, Nevada. And, and they have hookers. Hell, dude, you're talking my life. This, by the way, that was exactly what I told her. <laughs> and they have hookers. She said, could it be any better? So we're seriously considering. Well, actually, now not to not to uh, encourage you to move, but you know, it's not that far a drive from Los Angeles to Las no, Vegas. No, she, she could still do her audition. So you can hop on a plane. Yeah. It's forty five minutes. And there's a lot you know? of people that live in Vegas, even though it, you get, become kind of a Vegas guy. But the- <laughs> wait, wait a minute, when I'm Wayne Newton, all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm a Vegas guy. But you know what? But but the but the property prices over there are incredibly. Oh, you have no idea. We were looking at what we pay here in rent. Hey, we're living in a mansion in Vegas. I swear yeah, to God. It's like, what? Mickey's like, what? We can live in that for the same amount of money? So, yeah. And less even. 
Yeah. Like, wow. And, you know, because we're renting here. I, I I can't buy, nor would I buy. Yeah, no, if you had a place in Vegas and you didn't mind being in Vegas, there, I mean, you could be entertain yourself there. Uh, Hello, hookers. Hello. What's your problem? You, I could. There's shows. There's good restaurants. There's shows. There's restaurants. And everyone from L.A. comes through eventually. Yeah, everybody's in and you know, out of the We'd place. be party central. People would be like, hey, I'm going coming to Vegas this weekend. Uh, can I use your spare? Because we could actually have uh, a spare bedroom. Yeah, and you don't, and since you're not, you don't, you're not dependent on working in Vegas, you don't have to deal with the local economy. Uh, it was probably not a bad idea. Well, we're serious. We're going to do our uh, Hot Pockets 2008 tour first, of course, but we're seriously considering. I mean, the alternative is Texas. Um, another which, great place. Another great place, but it, uh, obviously, my daughter is here. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of nice to know that if uh, if she needs me or whatever, you know, I can drive a couple hours. Or I could hop on a plane and uh, and and be here or she could come to us or whatever. Uh, yeah, and this is a long walk. And I, <laughs> and I think with the uh, with the pending global cooling, it'll actually be pretty, pretty darn nice out there in the in the desert. And how about uh, uh, utilities? They've got that Hoover Dam there. Is, is electricity cheap? <laughs> Like Everything's I, free. Yeah, it's free. I'm telling you, we are seriously considering this. And and it's funny is it's Mickey. And by the way, Mickey has been listening to the uh, to the No Agenda stream, which of course we went all talk, no commercials, no agenda. And uh, she's like, you know, I've been listening to this stuff. She says, you know, it's still kind of weird, and which she's right because we don't have scheduled shows yet. We don't have enough shows to do scheduled shows. She said, but, you know, the, the overarching thing I hear on the stream, and she's, it's just, uh, lovely that she's doing it. She, she really never listened to the music stuff because it's not her, her thing. She's into, you know, that kind Trance. of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, whatever. Chill, chillax, and whatever. Whatever they call it. Yeah. Uh, Advertising. She, yeah. She says, uh, it's really nice, but the, I, the overarching message is uh, government stay out of our business. I'm like, you, and she, you know, I said you're gonna, you are gonna pass your citizen test with flying colors. <laughs> you will. You, all you have to remember is just to say, "I just want to get by and live the American dream." <laughs> I get by, and live the American dream. Yeah, I, I, I do want to. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, noagendastream.com is now, uh, uh, as I said, all talk, no commercials, no agenda. And um, uh, I've signed up. I think another fifty people uh, since the last show and this show. To the No Agenda News Network, which of course is simultaneously the way you can uh, get stuff onto the stream. Here's a new show that popped up uh, this morning. Uh, it's a uh, a one minute show, and <laughs> I think it's worth listening to. In the morning, slaves. This is Comsey, your host of the No Agenda Haiku Show, a show that follows in the footsteps of the great Haiku Herman. Each week, I'll read one or maybe more haikus that are based on the content of the most recent No Agenda episodes. Feel free to share your haiku at noagendahaikushow.com. Just remember to keep them relatively clean and stick to the 575 haiku format. Well, without further ado, our first haiku. Wiener knows the truth. His wife a secret lover. Lucifer calls. I hope you enjoyed our first episode. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Genius, I tell you. Be a donor. Genius. That, now, if the guy, he wants Genius. To keep doing that, I'm all for it. Genius. Genius 
It's that kind of stuff that gets me up in the morning. Uh, yay. I just love it. So um, just to get into a couple things, of course, um, President George W. Obama held uh, what seemed like an impromptu uh, press conference yesterday. Of course, this is one of these press conferences that John and I loathe because everyone's, you know, there's a, a list uh, of journalists, big air quotes, who are uh, uh, asking scripted questions, purely scripted questions. And uh, actually, yeah, so I, I pulled a couple clips just because it, it, it seems like someone in the administration went, okay, what do we have to answer to? We've, the president's got to get tough. He's got to get tough on all this, on these criticasters. And, and it sounds like they pulled the, the last 10 No Agenda shows and went through them and said, all right, we're going to hit every single point these douchebags are, are, are ragging on us for. Every single one. And uh, what killed me is, uh, well, there's a couple things, actually. They brought in an MK Ultra slave to, uh, to ask a question. Uh, and her name is, hold on, her name is Juliana Goldman. Um, and the president even said, well, Juliana, you know, because, you know, he, he's, he's handing off his, uh, he's handing off to him. Juliana Goldman, uh, born in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, she's the daughter of Barbara Goldberg, Goldberg Goldman and Michael Goldman, uh, who was partner at Silverberg Goldman and Bykoff, a huge Washington law firm, i.e. lobbying firm. She's also one of the Obama originals. Do you remember what those were, the Obama originals? No. These were the, uh, the, the press corps that were covering Obama in 2008. On his uh, election run, and they were all featured in the HBO. Remember that horrible HBO so-called documentary? So she's she's an insider. She's a total shill. Now now they doped her up. They turned on the chip and listen to this, John. I want you to tell me if this is a question or if this is a setup to just let him throw out whatever he want needed to say for, on these particular topics. It, it, this blew me away, actually. Um, are you concerned that the current debate over debt and deficits is preventing you from taking the kind of decisive and more balanced uh, action needed to create jobs in this country, which is the number one concern for Americans? And also, one of the impediments to job growth that the business community repeatedly cites is the regulatory environment. So do you think that the NLRB complaint against Boeing, that that has created some of the, um, the is an example of the kinds of regulations that chill job growth and also that you yourself have called just plain dumb? Is that a setup or is that a setup? Well, I had a, uh, unfortunately I lost some of my clips because of a failure, but I had a clip that was interesting from the press conference where he starts off when he starts off the press conference, the first thing he does is he looks down on a sheet of paper. He says, let me go over my list of people I'm going to call yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, And then he calls on a guy from the Associated Press. And I, I don't have this clip, unfortunately. Wait, fortunately, I don't have this clip. But I did time it out. It went like, let me just. So he calls on Associated Press guy. The guy reads the question. And then Obama goes six minutes and 55 seconds. Yeah, into, in, into the answer. Yeah. Answering this question with a speech. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a couple of those. One thing really, really struck me as he's trying to uh, put the corporate jet owner meme into everybody's head. 
little medley for you. Tax breaks for oil companies and hedge fund managers and corporate jet owners. It would be nice if we could keep every tax break there is. But we've got to make some tough choices here if we want to reduce our deficit. And if we choose to keep those tax breaks for millionaires and billionaires, if we choose to keep a tax break for corporate jet owners, I think it's only fair to ask an oil company or a corporate jet owner that for the Republicans to stand there and say that the tax break for corporate jets is... You'll still be able to ride on your corporate jet. You're just going to have to pay so that some corporate jet owner continues to get a tax break. So that's uh, six times he's talking about a corporate jet owner. Now, let me just say something because words do matter. A corporate jet owner is the corporation that owns the jet. Okay? It's not a private thing. A corporate jet owner. That is the corporation that owns the jet. John, guess what? You, me, and every other American taxpayer is a corporate jet owner. Unfortunately, the only douchebag in the jet is Obama. That's my jet, that 747. Two of them, and one of them, his wife flies around. That's And, and he uses it to go on vacation. He flew and that so thing. so does she. The, yeah, he flew that thing over 30 times since January. And a lot of it to fundraisers. Is it, and that irked me. It's like, I am your corporate jet owner. Excuse me, I own that jet. And that's okay, you can use it, you know, for important business. But this corporate jet owner, it's like, it, who, he. I think he really jumped the shark in this press conference. He, re, he, well, he it was pretty glib. Well, he got angry. He uh, mocked some guy. Uh, let me see. Where's the uh, this 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 really? Uh, hold on a second. This was really funny. Um, where did I put it? Uh, oh, this <laughs> this is towards the end. Of course, this this didn't air on the news. You know, it was one of the the last questions. And this is a this is about uh, Congress taking vacation or whatever. And here's what he did. You need to be here. I've been here. I've been here. I've been doing Afghanistan. I've been doing Afghanistan. Bin Laden. I did Bin Laden. The Greek crisis. I did the Greek crisis. What is that? I did. I did Bin Laden. What did he say? He said, I, I, I've been here. I, I, I did Afghanistan. I did Bin Laden. I did the, the, debt, the, the Greek crisis. You need to be here. I've been here. I've been doing Afghanistan and Bin Laden and the Greek crisis and... Please. He's been doing that. He's been golfing. <laughs> I've been doing that. That that's weird. That's really 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 weird. I've been doing that. So um now the lies really got to me. So we had uh, the second guy, uh maybe it was a third guy. He uh he says, uh, hey, you said it was going to take days, not weeks for this uh, Libya that, well, thing. The second guy was the NBC guy who he mocked. Chuck, him. yeah, that Chuck, Chuck. Yeah, guy. I got that, too. This is the third guy. Let me just uh, take you back to March 21st of 2011. It is U.S. policy that Gaddafi needs to go. But let me emphasize that we uh, anticipate this transition to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of weeks. So uh, a guy gets up. 
scripted question says, you said it would take a matter of days, not weeks. Here we are, day 100. What's up with that? Well, uh, first of all, Jim, I, I, just, just a slight correction. Jim. What I told the American people was that the initial phase... He did not oh, say that! Crap. He did not say that! He did not say that, but it gets worse. Where Americans were in the lead would take days. If this no, is bullcrap. Play the clip again. Play the original clip again. It is U.S. policy that Gaddafi needs to go. But let me emphasize that we uh, anticipate this transition to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of weeks. Now, let's listen to this again because it gets worse. Well, uh, first of all, Jim, I, Jim. Uh, just, just a slight correction. What I told the American people was that the initial phase where Americans were in the lead would take days. No, he didn't. No, uh, he it's said... It's a blatant lie. Blatant lie. It gets worse. Perhaps weeks. And that's... A perhaps weeks? He never said he perhaps weeks. He didn't say perhaps he said weeks. Not weeks. Not N-O-T. This is the problem with the mainstream media. They will not call these guys out by playing their own clips back to them. Gets worse. Where Americans were in the lead would take days. If perhaps weeks. And that's exactly what happened, right? I mean, after around two weeks, a little less than two weeks, we had transitioned where NATO had taken full control of the operation. So promise made, promise kept. Oh! Oh! Wow. <laughs> promise made, promise kept. Really? I mean, am I deaf? He literally said, days, not weeks, to get Gaddafi out to transition. Not perhaps. Not promise made, promise kept. A little more to this clip. Um, second, uh, I think when you have uh, the former Republican nominee for president, John McCain, and the former nominee for president on the Democratic side, John Kerry, coming together to support what we're doing in Libya. That should tell the American people uh, that this is important. Now, uh, and I, now this, this is the one that really bothered me, and I, and I really went deep into what uh, McCain and Kerry are doing. Uh, now, we've learned from, uh, it started for us, I think, with the Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins, how this actually works. It used to be you'd send the CIA in, the CIA uh, would cause a ruckus, they'd finance some rebels, uh, and they'd start some kind of revolution, and then, you know, usually with violence they'd o and big protests, they'd overthrow the government, and then, then the U.S. puts their own puppet in. So that has now been replaced by social media. And uh, so, you know, I start looking at this, and I come across in a very interesting hearing, and uh, this does not relate to Libya, because they got to catch up. They're still in Egypt, right? Now, remember on the last show I told you that John McCain was in Egypt with... Uh, uh, Imold from GE with Coca-Cola with Bechtel with you know all of these all all the douchebags who are now going to take advantage of our new puppet who will be El Baradai uh, predicted on the show um, they they're all in uh, in Egypt and they're walking around and I find a little clip of them here we go. This is from, uh, I believe, uh, Euronews. Uh, just the important work that they're doing there in uh, in Egypt. 
Former U.S. presidential candidates John McCain. By the way, this is the meme, right? Oh, they're important guys because they were former presidential candidates, not just some uh, some schlubs. And John Kerry visit the Egyptian stock exchange. The senators on a two-day visit to Egypt were accompanied by senior American business leaders. They were greeted by Egyptian stock exchange head Mohammed Abdesalam. Republican McCain and Democrat Kerry were invited to ring the opening bell. Both expressed their belief in a democratic and free Egypt. It is in the United States national security interest to see a prosperous, growing, democratic and free Egypt. But we are both extraordinarily committed to what is happening here in Egypt. We have great respect and admiration for the changes that you are fighting for. The group arrived in Cairo on Saturday, where they made a visit to the iconic Tahrir Square. He's ringing they the bell. They also met with Egypt's interim prime minister, Essam Sharaf, and finance minister, Samir Radwan. The pair are expected to announce the results of their talks with Egypt's top leaders at a news conference. So let me just give you the rundown here. So they have, uh, and this is something I've found, they're, they're uh, pushing a bill. It's on the on the Senate floor now. It's S-618, Senate Bill 618, uh, introduced by McCain, by Kerry, and by uh, Lieberman, of course. And it's the Egyptian American Enterprise Fund that they are setting up. And so uh, the text of this bill, uh, which uh, you can find the show notes at 317.nashownotes.com, uh, here it is, uh, the pertinent paragraph. The Egyptian American Enterprise Fund would provide monies to finance and technically support small and medium-sized Egyptian businesses. Uh, and the bill states that according to the Egyptian government, such businesses are responsible for nearly 75% of private sector employment in Egypt. Now, while the bill does not offer exact dollar figures for the Enterprise Fund, it cites, which means that's kind of like the lead up to it, a $1.2 billion uh, kitty used to foster economic growth in the former Soviet Union and its satellite states after the Cold War. So essentially, these guys are taking at least a billion dollars and are going to give it to the exact companies who accompanied them on this trip to set up their businesses in Egypt while here... We're starving and got no jobs. Not to mention the potholes in the road. That's <laughs> funny. People keep bringing that up. Now, so I look a little further. New York Times article. Let me see if I can find the date for you. This is uh, April 15th. A number of groups and individuals directly involved in the revolts and reforms sweeping the region, including the April 6th youth movement in Egypt... The Bahrain Center for Human Rights and grassroots activists like uh, Enstar Qadi, a youth leader in Yemen, received training and finance, financing from groups like the International Republican Institute. Okay, so what this says is that these uprisings, as we've already discussed on the show, were financed with training and all kinds of important, you know, techno experts by American groups such as the International Republican Institute. Let's go to the International Republican Institute. Who's on the board of directors, do you say? The usual suspects. U.S. Senator John McCain is the chairman of the board. The chairman. You know, this guy's a douchebag. Uh, let me just give him a little... <laughs> there we go. 
Um, now, it's fairly certain, and we discussed this on the show, that the president will be Mohammed El-Baradai. This is the guy who's on the uh, the, the, the crisis Yeah, we spotted board. him uh, probably two months ago. Right. He's on the, uh, let me just see. So they haven't done elections yet. The International Crisis Group, a Soros-funded uh, outfit. So, you know, the guy's been a shill from day one. But then I start looking at this. Remember the Google guy, Wal Gonim? Yeah, the the kid that showed up out of the blue and is credited by many circles as being responsible for the revolution. He's the, he is the the John the Paul the you know the Thomas Jefferson of the movement. I guess right. I don't know. Well, guess what he did? He actually created El Baradai's official campaign website. Oh, <laughs> good catch. <laughs> You're winning. So I'm like, you know, so I just, it's just so everyone knows, the jackals are. Laugh. Why don't we just make this a comedy show? It is a comedy show. What are you talking about? It's a complete comedy show. So, of course, so Egypt, set, done, match, we're good. Meanwhile, let's talk about corporate jets. Yeah, corporate jet owners. Not just corporate jets, corporate jet owners. That distraction of the week, the corporate jet thing, was actually, I thought, was well done because it got... I'm, I'm driving over over to San Francisco. I turn on the on the radio. I'm flipping through. I listen to talk radio, and I get the Rush Limbaugh show. He spends the whole show because, of course, Rush is you know has 400 million bucks in the bank and a jet. Spends the whole show moaning about this. Yeah. But, but no one says... The exact meaning of corporate jet owner is the corporation. Yeah, no, that's fine. But just the fact is that this is a, still it's a the distraction. Mean. No, it's the, of course. The Egypt action going on. That's that why he said it six times. Now, so we're moving on from Egypt. So there's a Senate uh, Foreign Relations Committee meeting on C-SPAN. Hours of it. They bring in. Uh, I watched that one. Yeah, so you, I'm sure you saw the uh, the shill from the State Department, the lawyer, who's who uh, just amazing this lawyer talk. But then Webb and Kerry get into this whole lawyering talk about Libya. So this is about extending um, the stay or, or our uh, our assault on Libya by a year. And stealing the money yeah. from Libya to pay for it. Listen to this. Yeah, yeah I love this. They, there's actually a bill, or there's an amendment to the bill that was brought up by, I think it was Luger. And he, you know, the idea was that we're we're going to do this for a year, but then we're going to give them a bill. <laughs> no, we're taking the, the money that we took from them, that we stole, we're going to use that money. Senator Luger points out it's... Uh the, the attempt of this amendment is the purpose of this amendment is to provide some uh, clarifications and to the original amendment that Senator Luger offered, and uh, I, I appreciate him offering it. Uh, it basically states that uh, no funds should be obligated or expended for deploying units uh, or members of the armed forces on the ground. So this is very interesting. So this is about how they're going to get boots on the ground. Boots on the ground will happen, and you're hearing the legalese being twisted right here to make it happen. Uh, In Libya, for the purposes of engaging in ground combat or supporting stabilization or international peacekeeping operations following the removal of the Qaddafi regime. There's been a, a, a lot of discussion back and forth as to what it really means when we say no boots on the ground. The House 
as many here know, voted uh, with 405 votes to prohibit boots on the ground. But the question that has not really been answered is what happens after Qaddafi falls? What do we do? Uh, this, to, to answer Senator Boxer's uh, question, this is not intended to address the issue of funding at all. The, the language which was uh, perfected by legislative council. Perfected. Perfected. Oh, yeah. No. Legislative council means lawyers. Members for the purposes of supporting the stabilization operations, not... The, the difference is members and not members. Not funds. Uh, but what this amendment also does is to say that uh, there shouldn't be uh, contracts for private security contractors to do those sorts of things. But then it, it lists two important exceptions. Um, one wow. is for the immediate personal defense of United States government officials, including diplomatic representatives, or for rescuing members of NATO forces. And then, it, in an attempt to separate what we're doing now from what's going to happen after the Qaddafi uh, regime inevitably does leave, it says that if the president determines and certifies to the Congress that action is necessary, then he can come to the Congress and ask for legislation uh, to be enacted specifically authorizing any further operations. This Isn't that unbelievable? I don't know that we should be surprised by this. I mean, first they froze all those assets, which means, you know, somebody's got access to them. I mean, in the, if, on the other hand, you can make the argument, well, it's not going to cost us anything to do any of well, this. Well, that's the whole point. That's the whole steal point. Their money. You're right. So it gives you the rationale. So the public, because we don't have a draft or anything that's going to upset anyone. So the public says, well, if it's not costing anything, I guess it's okay. Yeah, but we steal their money. Then we shoot million-dollar Hellfire missiles on them, and then we pay for it with that money. It's perfect. Raytheon, it's, all these guys, like, hey, there's 33 billion. <laughs> we need more, more bombs, everybody, more bombs. And then, oh my God, in the press conference, the president pulls out the rape card like no one else's business, which we know has been proven by the United bullcrap. The right. United Nations Human Rights Committee went to Libya, said there is no conclusive evidence. They only found one woman who had already been portrayed all over the media as having bruises. We had this chill showing fuzzed out video of women getting raped with broomsticks. But, oh, uh, you know, we don't know who they are. They speak Libyan, though. So it's probably Libyan forces. Oh, they're using Viagra. Oh, oh. And I just want to point out, I know something uh, you know. Uh, you know, you know. The International Criminal Court. Which we don't recognize. Uh, identified uh, Gaddafi as having violated international law having committed war crimes. Uh, what we've seen is uh, reports of troops engaging in uh, horrible acts, uh, including potentially using rape as a, as a weapon of war. Uh, and so when you have somebody like that in charge of large numbers of troops, uh, I think it'd be hard for us to feel confident that uh, the Libyan people are going to be protected unless he steps down. Now That's right, because uh, he's, making all, he's making all of their penises hard. And that's very dangerous. And they're all walking around with boners. And that's war, I tell you. Boner war. Now, to wrap up my rant, Lucifer is in uh, Jamaica at the Four Seasons Hotel. Now, Why? Are we going to attack them? She's getting to Ganjaman. 
No, what are you talking about? We are that was already taken care of. Don't you remember where we t- took over all of Jamaica? We had that uh, baby dock and all that stuff. Uh, was it not Valier? Uh, whatever. That's Haiti. I'm sorry. Uh, what was the, what was the? It was the gangster, and they cracked know, down on whatever. everybody. Well, you play that clip. Listen to what she now. You want to talk Bush administration? Here we go. Oh, I, I say with all respect that um, the Congress is certainly free to raise any questions or objections, and I'm sure I will hear that tomorrow when I testify. But the bottom line is, whose side are you on? Are you on Gaddafi's side? Oh. Or are you on the side of the aspirations of the Libyan people and the international coalition <laughs> right, that has George been? Bush. It's exactly George Bush. You're either, it's a classic. You're either Beautiful. with That's us. A great clip. You're either with us or you're for the terrorists. So, I, I, so I was. I just want to add one more thing to this since you've got this little thing going. Rant. So I'm looking at clips. So I'm going back over time looking at clips. And I'm starting to notice a kind of an interesting pattern, which are clips about Afghanistan. Uh-huh. Because we got it's not just one or two people coming out and saying, oh, we got to stay in Afghanistan or oh, we got to do this. We got to stay. Everything short of stay the course, which does crop up once in a while, which is a Bushism. And uh, it's person after person after person wants to stay in Afghanistan. We're going to have to stay in Afghanistan. And, of course, we're, you know, they killed uh, bin Laden and everyone thinks we're going to get out. No, so we, we, we did bin Laden. Front page of the New York Times, two days in a row. The first one was the teaser. It's a story at the, above the fold at the top. Gunmen storm a luxury hotel in Afghanistan. Mm. Four insurgents killed, blah, blah, blah. And it's a long story about this happening. And then today, this morning, attack at, ho- again, above the fold, front page New York Times, attack at hotel deflates hopes in Afghanistan. Oh, of course. So we, can, we, do, we can't even bring home the 5,000 troops we talked about. Deflates. So yeah. There, too, for some unknown reason, while the, while the, while our country goes to pot. Now, Whole. Now, we're going to thank a couple of producers in just a second, but let me uh, give you an idea why it's important that programs like this are financed only by the listeners who care about getting real news. This is from MSNBC this morning, Uh, the Morning Joe show with uh, what's uh, what's her name? Micah, Milica, the uh, uh, Soros, no, uh, Brzezinski's daughter. All right, Brzezinski's Brzezinski's daughter. daughter. So they have, now now of course MSNBC is the Ministry of Truth. There's no doubt about it. They take complete talking points. Uh, I think they're still owned by GE. Um, So they need to be very careful when criticizing the president. So they have the uh, the editor of Time Magazine, another fine mouthpiece for the Ministry of Truth. They have him on, and something goes horribly wrong. Two-part clip. First listen to what happened, and then how they try and scrub it out. This is base, push back against the Republicans. I guess the question is, because we all know what deal has to be done, is this sort of showmanship? You know, a lot of times you go out there and both sides. And they act tough so their base will be appeased, and then they quietly work the deal behind the scenes. Are we at, are is we, it, is we're in the seven-second delay today? Oh, Lord. No. <laughs> I wanted to characterize how I thought the president behaved. 
How do you think you're going to use it? We have it. We can I mean, use it, right, Alex? Yeah, sure. Come on. Yeah. Take a Go chance. for it. F.A. Yeah, let's see what happens. Just, you, 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 Alex, I'm you behind button. you. You fall down. I'm going to catch you. And the precedent has been set on yeah. the okay, show. Okay, so you're going. So we're good. I thought he was kind of a dick yesterday. Oh. Oh, my God. Delay that. <laughs> Delay that. What are you doing? So the guy says, are we on the seven-second delay? And they say, sure, we got a seven-second delay. Uh, yeah, you sure? That. Yeah, and they then said he the says, president was a dick, right? Which, by the way, something I, I would say on this show, something you would say on this show. Yeah, but, we don't have a problem saying it. So he they, was a dick. He was so a they dick. come back after the commercial, after the many phone calls, and they blame the whole. Th- it was a joke. I didn't mean it. The director pressed the wrong button. It was supposed to be on the seven second delay. Listen to this. This was it. Yeah. Well, apparently, there's this. Uh- Alex is the director. They keep cutting to the dir- to the control room, and the director's looking like, "Oh, I'm sorry." How to do the job before uh, he's at the job? Buttons here. Oh, no, but on, truly, before the show, yeah. we're joking. Yeah. We're so good. we hadn't tested, hasn't driven that baby in a couple of years. With Alex Corson. And uh, what Apparently, about Alex? it was the wrong button. What's wrong with you? I would tell you what I think of you, but you don't know what button, button to push. We're, we're, we're sorry that we left you That's hanging out there. It's yeah. our fault. No, joking aside, uh, this is not a pro forma apology. It's an absolute apology. Yeah. Heartfelt to the president yeah. and to the viewers. I, I, I became oh. part of the joke, but that's no excuse. I made a mistake, okay. and I'm sorry, and I shouldn't have said it. And I apologize. I I apologize and to the president and to the viewers who heard me say that. And we apologize that we didn't have Harold Ford do it. So we'll get you next time. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, but never, never trust Alex Corson. He always lets the arms go. Let's read papers Alex, now. Uh, we're going to have a meeting after the show. So it's unbelievable. Holy crap. He says, uh, it was the director, never trust the director. Alex pressed the wrong button. I'm so sorry. I apologize. It was just part of the joke. I got sucked in. I shouldn't have said it. Wow. Who called? Who called? Somebody big called. Yeah. It's like, you don't talk that and way that about your leader. I mean, what? And of course, uh, on the, uh, the repeat of the show, all of that was edited out. Of course. Good catch. You win. That's two points for you. I, I caught something, which I was going to mention at the, before the, uh, our break when we would thank our donors, which is on Hannity, they had Opie of, or Anthony, of Opie and Anthony, some little political talk show, Zoo style that's on the radio. And the guy comes out and says, well, when we, hey, when hey, we show up. Yeah, there you go. And so he comes out and says, you know, when you do this kind of show, you always have to be careful that you don't you want to take it to a certain level, but you don't want to go so far that you get fired. Yeah, exactly. Didn't want to get fired. Ah, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, well, that's the thing that we don't worry about because no one's going to fire. Who's going to fire? I'm going to fire myself. We own the show. John, you're fired. Thank you. Hey, John, (laughs) I'm hammered from this uh, Soma stuff. Yeah, you're on a roll, but at least you're, at least you're not slurring. <laughs> yeah. Who you know, who supported the show? Uh, I suspect that I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling I'm feeling no pain. Dame Francine Hardaway, Phoenix, Arizona, helped us out with 366. Um, we want to thank her profusely. Uh, Justin Seitz, Seitz, Seitz. In Pittsburgh, uh, three thirty three thirty three. Uh, uh, by the way, I think I think Francine did three sixty six because she wanted a podcast license as well. That would make sense, right? If you do three three three, 
Yeah. Plus 33? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. She's got one. She should get one anyway. She's great. Uh, no agenda karma works, according to Justin. Uh, I asked karma for my brother's cycling career. I asked for karma for my brother's cycling career. In the next race, he came in fourth and won $800. In the morning. Awesome. Love the new format of the stream with the user-generated talk. Was disappointed. Current TV changed its format from user-generated. That's right. They did. They changed their from user-generated content to <laughs> repeating Keith, Keith Olbermann's <laughs> countdown five days a week. Why don't they just call it the Keith Olbermann channel? Yeah. And by the way, the show is exactly kind of without the better writers. That yeah. It used to with, be. The writing is worse. The writing is worse and it's boring. Yeah. yeah that's exactly the way it was. Yeah, exactly. Well, would like karma for you and Miss Mickey for the tour and the No Agenda stream. Oh, that's very nice. We'll accept a little bit of that. You've got karma. Hotpockets2008.com to follow. The tour kicks off July 15th. Nate Meyer in Evans, Georgia, 33333. Eric Mitch, Burlingame, California. And those are our executive producers. We have three executive producers and three associate executive producers, which I call a balanced show. Mm. Eric Mitch, Burlingame, California. He's um, got a note. I can't find it, Eric. You have to send it again. We'll read it in the next you show. Mean Buzzkill Jr. Buzzkill Jr. Can't find it. I can't find it because it's not. The problem is people will send a donation in and then they'll send a note. In, but the email address can't be searched and they don't put their name. So it's like it's disconnected. It's a real problems. S. Russell Williams. And by the way, Eric gave us 22222. Eric uh, and Russell Williams, S. Russell Williams in Boise. Idaho, which is a nice place. Uh, uh, looking to make up for my being a longtime boner, not a donor. Uh, but I did buy a challenge coin. And I can say it, no agenda karma works after buying the coin. I got a job on the same day. I ended a relationship that should have ended years ago. <laughs> looking out to call out my buddy Aaron as a douchebag. Oh. Douchebag. For not listening to the show, despite his enjoying it every time I play it for him. He should be downloading it himself. Also, I can I get a karma shot for all Americans because we are screwed. <laughs> hey, bend over, everybody. You've got karma. And our final associate uh, executive producer, Sir Stefan Springer from Garland, Texas. And he needs some karma for an interview on Thursday in the morning. You've got karma. Happy to oblige. Happy to oblige. No 317 club members, but we do have uh, two 333 club members. Very nice. Thank you. That's, of course, super uh, super karma number coming up. And a, a couple of PR mentions. Uh, Sir Daniel Hutton Hutner checks in. And uh, he. Uh, I love it when people listen to the show and uh, take immediate and decisive action. He registered adiosmofo.us. <laughs> Adios. Mofo. <laughs> beautiful. A beautiful uh, domain name. One of oh, the great, great quotes of all time. Yeah, but, but uh, Christopher Shu uh, is right on with followmeontweeter.com, which I think is uh, perfect, and uh, findmeontweeter.com. And we have a license to shill.com as a new. F- These are all domains that forward to uh, noagendashow.com. And uh, you'll want to stay tuned because uh, working on some cool stuff where we'll be able to do a lot more with these domains that are forwarding. Uh, Sarah Palin's emails.com now also forwarding to No Agenda Show. This one I thought was very nice. Uh, this, of course, is uh, in honor of the TSA um, uh, examining the 95 year old wheelchair bound grandmother's adult diaper, poopsniffer.com. 
is uh, perfect. Poopsniffer.com, now forwarding to No Agenda Show. And this one, I think, is the best. This Week in Jason Calacanis.com. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> we can donate that one to, a, to someone eventually. I think we just give it to Leo. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, we, I, yeah, happy to. <laughs> this Week in Jason Calacanis.com. Very, very funny. Uh, can I have my soul back.com and how I became a robot.com all now forwarding to uh, no agenda show.com psyop for cash.com forwarding to uh, our show site welcome to the police state.com uh, and uh, sir Pete checked in he has a whole bunch he has gridhamsters.com history predictions.com instacolumn.com and beautiful reporter consultants.com uh, so we uh, appreciate Sir Pete's forwards. And then uh, finally, uh, MonsantoIsEvil.com. All of these now forwarding to the No Agenda show. Uh, we appreciate that. We're going for a Guinness World Book of Records. We have been entered. Uh, we have officially been entered uh, for the most independently registered domains pointing to one website. Uh, we're now getting close to 500 of them. And that, of course, would be a big win. It seems like there's a valid category uh, because it doesn't exist yet. And one of our producers is out there trying to make that happen for us. So that's uh, that's pretty awesome. And, of course, remember that we have the No Agenda Hot Pockets 2008 tour kicking off on July 15th, 2011. That's when Ms. Mickey and I fly to uh, Baroness Maggie Vincent of Virginia. Oh, by the way, she uh, she had a question. Uh, she <laughs> So uh, she sent uh, the tire measurements, and she said, Boy, John's a real sexist. Because you said something like women don't know about tires. <laughs> Do you recall? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I actually I didn't have, say anything. I said uh, something to the. Uh, uh, trust I me. Probably indicated stop, that it's stop uh, shocking ahead. to me that any woman would know anything about tires. That's what I said. Maybe that is sexist. Like, you know, what can I say? So what's kind of I'm cool old. is. Wow. A- ageist on yourself. That's self. I'm age- old. I'm dumb. Self-radicalization right there. Yeah, there you go. There you have it. So she's, uh, I have to ask you after the show about these about these measurements. I'm not quite sure. I'm dumb. I'm a chick. Oh, wait a minute. I'm a tired chick. I, I don't understand what to do. But you can order them online and have them delivered. And I don't know. I got to ask oh, you yeah, about. Oh, yeah, the tire rack. That's yeah, really yeah, yeah, exactly. Great but, website. But yeah. I got to ask you a couple of questions because I, I think I just want six new tires. That's I, I think that's the, that's the policy. Mm, I think if she wants you to get two, I would get two. Well. Anyway, thank you all very much for forwarding your domains to noagendashow.com. Uh, remember that we have nashownotes.com, and today's show notes can be found at 317.nashownotes.com. And uh, we thank our 333 club members and executive producers, Justin Seitz, Nate Meyer, and Sir Stephen Springer, and our associate executive producers, Eric Mitch and S. Russell Williams. Without you, this show could not continue because, well, I got no more Amazon income. Everybody else, go out propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Are you ready to say it loud and proud? Shut up, slave. Shut up, slave. And people should go to uh, Dvorak.org slash NA and NoAgendaNation.com. Dvorak.org slash NA. I'm tripping on the Soma. A bit. Yeah. All right. Ah, wow. But what a week, John. What a week. Couple things happened. 
Um, I think you can cross off in the little red book that uh, we accurately predicted. Christine Lagarde oh, yeah. would become the director no of the IMF. Uh, little known fact that at the same time, uh, an ex-Lehman dude uh, became uh, the treasurer of the World Bank. This is also, I'm sorry, a woman. Miss Anton Chick, Anton Znick, Anton Sick, who worked for Barclays Capital before joining Lehman Brothers in 99, is now uh, running uh, the treasury of the World Bank. And by the way, this Lagarde thing, interestingly enough, is kind of being seen as, you know, like a win for women. <laughs> Did you? I mean, have you noticed that? It's like, oh, it's. I'm no, a, I thought that was the. That, I think that was the point when we deconstructed it. That yeah. they first they got to keep a French person in, and and because they had to do something to assuage all these small countries that want to run the thing, like that's ever going to happen. Yeah, right. But they had to assuage them, so they put a, a woman. It was just perfect because now you say, well, look, we we did this. Well, two what, things. What, how can you complain about it? The two things. First, it's debatable if she's a woman. And uh, the second is, of course, she worked uh, at the uh, Chicago, Illinois headquarters of a very influential law firm for 25 years. She is a part of the uh, Chicago uh, cabal, the gangsters that uh, where President George W. Obama comes from. And it's very, very uh, annoying. But OK. And, and the first thing she does is she said, Greece, Greece, you better accept it. And of course, uh, Greece accepted the austerity measures, and uh, there's blood in the streets. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's nuts. By the way, I think there's a general strike uh, of uh, government workers in Gitmo Nation East today. Uh, big strike. How come this isn't reported anywhere? Why would you bother? It's on the noagendanewsnetwork.com. That's where I got it from. Robert Leather put that in. And I did some work, John, a little medley. It's really amazing to me how much stuff... Is not reported? Is not reported, and they just want to keep... Oh, everything's fine. You know, oh, <laughs> yeah, look at those potholes. Well, again, it's you don't want to show white people rioting. This is not good. It's okay to show some brown people in the sand with an AK-47 with a towel on their head. Well, yeah, it's just guys with towels on their heads. We don't have any of them here. That won't happen. But uh, you can't show the white people doing it. Then it's, uh, you know, the, the be careful of those Brits. They will get pissed off enough eventually. Yeah, they, they've done it before. I got a, a meme that uh, actually started when the president gave his Afghanistan uh, fake troop drawdown address. Um, this is the blood and treasure. And uh, he's, he mentioned that uh, in his speech, which actually end up this medley, he said, do you know we got blood and treasure? We spent so much blood and treasure. I'm like, what is this code for? I mean, wh- who has treasure? Pirates have treasure. Are we pirates? This is a good, you know, uh, you, uh, well, let me, let me, let me pull- you know, the funny thing is I've been hearing this meme too, and I didn't spot it as a meme until you just mentioned it, but now I realize it is. So I spent the week clipping C-SPAN... You will not believe 
how this is propagating. Not just their time, but their treasure. And not waste our precious blood and treasure. The loss in blood and treasure. We must make hard choices about where to spend our blood and treasure. I just don't believe that it is worth the blood and the treasure. In blood and treasure. In my mind, not only are the costs and lives and treasure. With all of the American lives and treasure that were laid down for the lives and the treasure that were expended. A second war was launched in Iraq, and we spent enormous blood and treasure. So, what's up with that, John? What Hold do you on th- a second. How did you get those clips? Dude, this is what I do. No, no, but you didn't listen to five hours of one guy yakking just to get it. Is there a search engine that you can look up treasure? I started paying attention. You know, I've got the... I First of all, I turned on the right TV, the one where you can zip back. Um, so I did have to edit this, obviously, but every single time I heard someone use blood and treasure, and it was used five five of the ten times in this clip in uh, in one congressional hearing. And so every single time it happened, I'd pause, I'd get my recorder, rewind, record it. Every single time. It, it, this is just this week, John. So you're not using a search engine to find... No. So in other words, they're saying it so much. Yes! I keep hearing it. I'm like, Blood. all right. So, what did you? Where did you? What did you discover? Well, it's very hard. This uh, it appears to be a. I, I found one, uh, one website that you know where people are discussing this, and uh, so apparently the uh, it, it's been used several times throughout history. Um, let's see, Edward Gibbon used the phrase at least three times in the decline and fall of the Roman Empire in 1776 in his, uh, uh, in his tome. Um, but it appears to be kind of like a neocon type of thing. And no it's one... It's got to be code for something. Uh, it ha- well, first of all, instead of saying dead children and our money, that's really what it is. Blood and treasure means our dead kids, dead, and our money. That's what it is. But it's not blood and treasure. It sounds like, yes, blood and treasure. And on the other hand, I I think it means we're pirates. Where'd we get the treasure? So I could not deconstruct really why it's being used. But Somebody, as one of our listeners, will have a clue to this. I mean, I looked... High and low, and I, there's lots of examples of it being used in the olden days, but really the only thing I can find is uh, it's kind of a neocon type term, uh, which would make total sense because you know I believe the Democrats are neocons. Uh, would make total sense. Um, well, you have to remember the neocons stem from the far left. Yes. So, but it's annoying to me because what you're really not saying is dead kids and our money. Right? Yeah, that's what it, yeah. But why, but I mean, but, well, they're not going to say dead kids and our money because, no, it's, because it's, that, cause that good, hurts. Blood tr- and treasure <laughs> is a good euphemism, I suppose, <laughs> for these guys. Because you can say blood and treasure, blood and treasure. Yeah. But isn't there a better one that doesn't sound so corny? Every time I've heard it, I've, I've kind of rolled my eyes. I never thought that, that it was a meme, but obviously it is. Yep. Huh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that uh, I found that to be somewhat annoying.
somewhat. <laughs> now, another thing that happened uh, this week, so we got a lot of tweets. And by the way, I hate it when I'm when we're right about certain things, particularly these things. So uh, the Ele- Electronic Privacy Information Center, uh, under the Freedom of Information Act, uh, obtained documents and released them. Apparently, there are uh, cells of cancer. Oh yeah, amongst TSA employees, uh, clusters, yeah, not cells, clusters, cancer clusters in their ranks. Yeah. I'll, I'll read the quote here. TSA employees at Logan International Airport believe they have identified a cancer cluster in their ranks, according to documents obtained under the Freedom of Information Act released by the Electronic Privacy Information Center. They have requested dosimetry to counter TSA's improperly non-monitored radiation threat. So far, at least, they have not received it. The documents also re- reveal a paper from Johns Hopkins. This is what we said time and time again, but no, here it is essentially questions whether it's even safe to stand near an operating scanner, let alone right. inside one. The, uh, the Palatano and the pistol and these other stooges they won't go through it. and said, oh, we got this Johns Hopkins there. Yeah, Johns Hopkins never tested the machines, and we, we discussed that verbatim. They only said, well, you know, if it's only this much, then it's okay, but they never tested the machines. Yeah, it's no, a- the whole thing is a scam. Uh, so Johns Hopkins, of course, has a reputation to defend. They say the Department of Homeland Security mischaracterized their work by telling USA Today that NIST affirmed the safety of the scanners when, in fact, NIST does not do product safety testing and never tested a scanner for safety. Huh, really? But then this kills me. Department of Homeland Security... And let me see if there's a date on this. June 27th, they just received their first patent. And I didn't know that government organizations can go out and patent stuff, but okay. Guess what they just patented, John? I don't know. A citizen's dosimeter. Oh, really? Yep. The Department of Homeland Security Science and Technology Directorate has developed a miniaturized version of a dosimeter a portable device used for measuring exposure to ionizing radiation which can provide life-saving early detection in the unlikely event of a nuclear accident or dirty bomb. Dubbed the Citizen's Dosimeter, this high-tech plastic card, really, would be as convenient and affordable as a subway card with the capability to measure the amount of radiation on a person or in a given area. And by the way, TSA slaves, you're not getting it. Well, you know, the, the TSA people who work in there are getting a little annoyed by this themselves. Yeah, the cancer thing is a little annoying, maybe. And meanwhile, of course, we moan and groan about the TSA and, and some of their, you know, taking a diaper off the old lady and stuff like that. But in the meantime, the un, underreported story uh, headlines TSA Viper program has been expanded. Really? The TSA conducted last year more than 8,000 Viper operations in the last 12 months, which we talked about the Viper operation. Yeah, which is and they're the, doing this at what, bus stations? And No, now, they're, now they're, they want to expand it so they can pull you, they can stop your car out of the blue <laughs> and search it without a warrant. Yeah, we're Viper. 
We're in 2009, Viper. the total cost to the taxpayers was $30 million, and now the agency is requesting funding for 12 more Viper teams, Viper. which would bring the total to 37 squads, and they use the military word, squads. Squad, yeah. Nice. And a, a budget of $210 million a year. And these are just basically black-shirted SS stooges that are going to go out and they're going to they're going to go to bus stations they're going to go to trains depots you know where you don't have to take off your shoes according to obama yeah. and they're going to start pulling cars over re- just randomly yeah what is this <laughs> it's gitmo nation my friend what are you talking about it's unbelievable and uh, why isn't this front page sc- scandalous front page news this is ridiculous because it's all controlled media well, it's getting, you know, this is the the problem that you're running into with controlled media. They're not stepping up to the plate when they have to. They just like what well, you just played that thing from MSNBC. It was a it was a deplorable. The guy calls the president a dick for being a dick at that. For being conference. a dick. Yeah, it correctly calls and him a dick. And then he gets called out, called on the carpet. Yep. You can't do that. What are we? Are we supposed to be on our hands and knees? We're supposed to be kowtowing? Are we supposed to be? Are we? Are we going to start bowing to the president? Whatever he says is fine. We can't say anything critical. And I didn't even think that was hardly critical. I mean, what? What's? What's? What is wrong with this picture? Well, it gets even worse if you don't mind me saying. Uh, Have you seen the uh, cover of Time Magazine? Not the latest. So, what did we pick up on on the last show? We talked about. Uh, Farik, Farik GPS man from CNN, uh, who oh that guy, the guy who wants to, who wants, wants to ditch the Constitution. Time magazine cover. They have a picture of the Constitution, uh, we the people, and the bottom of the Constitution is shredded like it's been in a shredder, and then it says, "Does it still matter?" Here's a push. There's a, I think there's an absolute push, John, to overturn the Constitution. No, to redo it, rewrite Red, it. Rewrite it. it, revise it. And, and look, uh, Iceland did it. Yeah. And there's a very good article um, by Aaron Worthing, which is linked in the show notes, noagendashow.com, and he actually uh, combed through this document, uh, which the, the cover story is called One Document Under Siege, and he says, oh, by the way, I counted at least 13 mistakes of their interpretation of the Constitution. The Time magazine is abhorrent. And, and I'm thinking, you know, this is it. This is, what, this is what they're trying to do is just, you know, War Powers Act, it's screw it. It's in the way of, of what everybody wants to do. Of King Obama. King Obama and the and the Congress, the, the, it's like a Roman Senate that went along with everything the Caesar went said to do. I mean, these guys don't stand alone. The, the uh, Congress, the legislative branch, which should be as powerful as the executive, is supposed to be a balanced system. They have they're gutless on all both Democrats and Republicans. They and they're and they're very you know they're very deferential to the president to the executive. They oh the president you know the president wants this the president wants that and we, you know we're not as powerful and we're kind of here on our you know trying to do this and the uh, this that and the other thing yeah and he wants to start a war on his own and he's going against, against the constitution but we're not going to do anything about it we're not going to impeach him which is what they could do. And they're not, you know, they don't get documents when they want them. They get big black pages that are printed, come out of the printer with just black. And then they hand a 
bunch of those in as though that means something. It's just basically laughing, mocking the Congress. The Congress is just pathetic. I don't know. You know what I, else it, is new? It's a rather long clip, but um, do you want to? Should we just listen and deconstruct Obama's answer about? Because you know, this was Chuck from uh, NBC, and Chuck yeah, was given the. the one, yeah. This is the six minute and fifty second. No, the first one was six minute and fifty. This was no, a little this is, shorter. This is five yeah, minutes. Chuck was told that basically he was an idiot. And not only that, but uh, Chuck was given these questions. He was like, uh, "What's the constitutionality of uh, you going into Libya under the War Powers Resolution?" And uh, I, I thought the president's answers were just scathingly disgusting. And I, and I think we need to, to discuss it. <laughs> well, that was a hodgepodge. So first of all, he asked three very important questions. And the pre- that's a hodgepodge. Wait a minute. It's two constitutional questions. And I forget what his third question was. But like, well, that's a hodgepodge. No, no this is important stuff, dude. Uh, the, uh, Chuck, the, uh, we're going to assign you to the Supreme Court, man. Uh, hey, man. Hey, man. We're going to put you hey, in the man. Supreme Court, man. And by the way, it wouldn't surprise me. Ladies and gentlemen, all rise for Supreme Court Justice Chuck from NBC. <laughs> he could do it. He could do it. And Chuck's going like, yes, nailed it. I nailed it. I got my question in, and now I'm on the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm not a Supreme Court Justice, so I'm not, I'm not going to uh, 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 put, put my constitutional law professor hat on here. That was weird. I'm not going to put my constitutional law professor hat on here. Well, he, according to the documentation, he is a constitutional law professor. Um, although all his records are sealed, so I, I did was just take his and word a for te- it. He was a teaching assistant, probably. Yeah, but besides the point, why, why does he make that comment? I agree. Uh, I, I, l- l- let me focus on actually the issue of Libya. Libya. Um, um, I want to talk about the substance of Libya. Okay, so not going to answer the questions. Let's talk about the substance of Libya. Because there's been all kinds of noise about process. Noise! Noise! Like people arguing constitution. <laughs> this, this is like, it's noise. Do you hear that, John? Yeah, he said it was noise. Noise. It's just noise. And congressional consultation and so forth. Let, let's talk about concretely what's happened. Uh, uh. Muammar Gaddafi, who prior to uh Osama bin Laden was responsible for more American deaths than just about anybody on the planet. Now, what is that? That's a lie. Muammar Gaddafi, prior to Osama bin Laden, is responsible for more American deaths than anyone on the planet. Uh, that include Hitler? Yeah, I guess so. I guess no one died in World War II. Uh, did that include Ho Chi Minh? I mean, didn't we have some dudes die in, like, Vietnam and Korea and, uh, I'm sorry, children die? That, okay. All right. You want to categorize it that way? Okay. We'll, we'll bite. Was threatening to massacre his people. Massacre. Massacre. What is uh, the definition of Massacre. There's like everyone and kill with wanton disregard for anything, just kill people left and right. I thought that they were using their penises. I'm well, confused now. They're going to rape them. Depends on what time of day it is. Oh, okay. And as part of an international coalition under a UN mandate that is almost unprecedented, 
we went in and took out air defense systems so that an international coalition could provide a no-fly zone, could protect, provide humanitarian protection uh, to the people on the ground. I spoke to the American people about what we would do. I said there would be no troops on the ground. Uh -huh. I said that we would not be carrying the lion's share of this operation, uh -huh. but as members of NATO, we would be supportive of it because it's in our national security interests and also because it's the right thing to do. We have done exactly what I said we would do. Whoa. No, we were supposed to be out in a matter of days, not weeks, but okay. We have not put any boots on the ground? Uh, we've put uh, loafers on the ground, CIA and all those guys. Uh, that's uh, okay. Boots, not boots, loafers. And our allies, who historically we've complained aren't willing to carry enough of the, the load when it comes to NATO operations, have carried a big load. In their pants. When it comes to these NATO operations. And, as a consequence, we've protected thousands of people in Libya. Thousands. We have not seen a single U.S. casualty. There's no risks of additional escalation. This operation is limited in time and in scope. Oh, really? Limited in another year is what uh, Kerry and Luger and us, Kerry and uh, McCain are asking for. So I said to the American people, here's our narrow mission. We have carried out that narrow mission in exemplary fashion. Hmm. And throughout this process, we consulted with Congress. Oh. We've had 10 hearings on it. We've sent reams of information about what the operations are. Reams! 36 pages. What is reams? What is the definition of reams? That's about 500 sheets. No, is that, that's a ream? Yeah. That is the actual definition? A ream is 500? A ream is 500 sheets. Yeah, you buy a ream of paper, you buy 500 sheets. But it's reams, so it would be 500s. So it must be thousands. No, 36 pages. We, we, I read them. Not reams, 36 pages. Well, maybe to him it's a ream. <laughs> I've, had those, I've had all the members of Congress over to talk about it. Yeah, we had tea. So, a lot of this... Wait, hold on, he had every member of Congress... <laughs> I know, I was waiting for you to catch that. No, of course he didn't. All 400 plus members? It was a crowded room. The Oval Office was packed, I tell you. bull crap. Half the congressmen have never talked to this guy. Of course not. I had all the members of Congress. Uh, no. Uh, fuss is politics. Fuss. It's a fuss. This whole Constitution thing is a fuss. And if you look substantively at what we've done, we have done exactly what we said to do under a UN mandate, and we have protected thousands of lives in the process, and as a consequence... A guy who was a state sponsor of terrorist operations against the United States of America. Who we did business with for years. Yeah, 20 years ago he was, and then he gave up on the process, and he was our buddy, apparently, uh, until just a, you know, a few months ago. Uh, is pinned down, and the noose is tightening around him. Oh, oh we're really? Now Where we're lynching he? people. Why don't you just go get him? We're lynching people. This is what we do. Hey, we're going to lynch you. The noose is tightening around you. Now, when you look at the history of the War Powers Resolution, it came up after the Vietnam War. In this is the best. In which we had half a million soldiers there 
tens of thousands of lives lost, hundreds of billions of dollars spent, and Congress said, you know what, we don't want something like that happening again. So if you're going to start getting us into those kinds of commitments, you've got to consult with Congress beforehand. It, this blew me away. So this is how he explains that we're in a limited, because if it's not 500,000 troops and tens of thousands of dead, then it's not really a war and therefore doesn't even, you know, doesn't really even count for the war powers uh, resolution. Is that, was that how Congress figured, uh, decided to do that? Was that what, was that really the intent? I'm, no, not absolutely. And, and, the, and, he, and the idea wasn't to consult with Congress. It no, wasn't it was as though you can say, hey, you guys, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, Congress. Nice to have all 400 of you here. Uh, uh, I, uh, I want to consult with you. And by the way, we spent more money on the Iraq, uh, Afghanistan thing than we ever spent in Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Pentagon just came out with the numbers. By the time we're done, if ever, $4 trillion will have been spent. <laughs> $4 trillion. And what did we get? A guy with uh, some, some uh, a fire in his crotch. What else did we get for that $4 trillion? Well, we got the crotch bomber. We got... Uh, the New York Times, the Times we got Square the Bin Laden. We got Bin Laden. Yeah, we got him. And uh, and if, uh, miscellaneous guys that we shot with the drones over Pakistan. I, kn- I know some guys in South Central who'll do it for fifty bucks. They'll go and get Bin Laden, but now well, four, Bin Laden's four, already got right. But four trillion uh, seems a little steep. Four trillion seems like a lot per head. Yeah, uh, and I think that such consultation is entirely appropriate. Yeah, if we're going to go send a half a million troops, it's appropriate to have a consultation. Uh, what is it like, like? It's like your your career advisor. I like he thinks it's appropriate Appro- to have a appropriate. I think it's appropriate. It's appropriate. We can, <laughs> we can tell him what we're up to. But uh, do I think that uh, our actions in any way violate the War Powers Resolution? No. The answer is no. No. So I don't even have to get to the constitutional question. Well, the answer is no. I don't have to get to the constitutional question. I don't have to. I don't even have to t- listen to that crap. There may be a time. There may be. What's up with that, John? What does that tell you? That he's lying to tell. So if you're going to start getting us into those kinds of commitments, you've got to consult with Congress beforehand. Let's do it again. Consult. And I'm using yeah. the word consult. Consult. Yeah. It's just con- Hello. Um, let's consult. <laughs> I think that. I want to hear the dab, 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 dab again. That consultation is entirely appropriate. Appropriate. Uh, but uh, do I think that uh, our actions in any way violate the War Powers Resolution? Violate. The answer is no. No. So I don't even have to get to the constitutional question. Uh uh-uh. uh. There, there, there may be. There, 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 there may be. There may be a time. There may be a time in which there was a serious question as to whether or not the uh, War Powers Resolution uh, Act was constitutional. I don't have to get to the question. We have Shut engaged up, in a limited operation to help a lot of people against uh, one of the worst tyrants in the world. Somebody who nobody should want to defend, and we should be sending out a unified message to this guy, that he should step down and give his people a fair chance to live their lives. 
without fear of a drone and then and, and this suddenly becomes the the cause celeb for the cause celeb the cause celeb that's what he said what is the cause celeb john it means that everybody's up in arms about uh the situation and he can't understand why because it makes no sense to him isn't the cause celeb isn't that like charlie sheen he was for a while yeah that's a cause celeb i saw no, a, i'm sorry yeah, go on well i was gonna say i saw a movie the other night which i was very surprised um it's from 2010 it's called the green zone it's featuring you know i tried watching that movie two or three times and i could not stand it well it's very interesting because it is actually a complete i believe truthful portrayal of what happened in iraq it's starring matt damon and uh, it, it took a little while, but then I got into it. And essentially what it is, is he is try- he finds out that this uh, Ben uh, Ben Rawi, I think his name is, who was one of uh, Saddam's Republican National Guard, he went to Jordan. He told um, uh, the uh, Greg Kinnear character in this, who I'm not quite sure is supposed to be in real life, that there were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And then the Greg Kinnear character goes ahead and uh, tells the State Department there's weapons of mass destruction, and he leaks this report to the Wall Street Journal. And this is exactly what happened. <laughs> and then the Matt Damon is like, oh, my God, we're, we're, he- we're in Iraq because of this lie, and uh, you, know, you have to come in and you have to tell everybody this was a big lie. And, of course, the moral of it is the, the, the Ben Rawi character says, no, 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 man, you don't understand. It's like your government wanted this lie. So it's not it's not like you were tricked and we're all here because of a lie. But anyway, the movie is one thing. It's based on a book. And uh, and this is uh, Attention uh, No Agenda Book Club. It's based on the book by uh actually Washington Post uh editor Rajiv uh Chandrasekharan. I, I, I'm butchering that. It's uh, the book is called "Imperial Life in the Emerald City: Inside Iraq's Green Zone," and this is, uh, of course, what now has become the new city. Uh, I'm sorry, embassy in uh, well, no, the embassies in the green zone. The green zone itself is quite large; it's almost the size of Delaware. I mean, the thing is a monstrous area. It's it's apparently like I haven't, you know, obviously haven't been there, but people who I know who have been there say it's kind of like being in Hayward, you know, or, or not. To, <laughs> You know, or a Reseda, uh, some place where you, you know, it's like a, it's a bunch of uh, ranch houses and that have been recently oh, no. built. It, and it's, it, it's, it's, it's a city within a city. You have to read this book. I, I blew through it in like a couple hours. I loved it. This guy was actually there. It talks about how, you know, Halliburton was flying everything in. You know, they had it was it was a complete Americanized city. People are hanging out by the pool. They're having sex all day. No one ever really left the green zone. Uh, they you know, they forced the people who were running the cafeteria uh, to cook American meals and everything included pork, everything, which, of course, Muslims find offensive. So it was bacon. It was pork belly. It was just everything. <laughs> pork, 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 pork. Uh they had like 20, 21 year old kids writing up PowerPoint, sending it back to Washington saying, uh, yeah, everything's great. <laughs> I mean, when you read this book, your mind goes, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And we're doing exactly the same thing in every other country. And uh, I've, 
great book to read. You'll really enjoy it. And I'm, I'm trying to get the author of it uh, for the big book show. Oh, yeah, which, by the way, I make no money on anymore, thanks to Jerry Brown. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Yeah, we do want to thank some people for donating uh, this, uh, this, supporting the show, and especially this particular show, beginning with uh, Danny Baker in Morristown, Tennessee, $150, and he wants us to send some karma to his friend Rodney, who's having some very bad luck and could use it. Okay, here you go, Rodney. You've got karma. And then in the uh, upcoming celebration of 11-11-11, which is a once-in-a-lifetime situation, uh, we've got a bunch of $111.11 donors, including David Schroeder in uh, Sarasota, Florida. He says, you guys are killing it, and, and by it I mean the media. You've made uh, TV, radio, and print both more and less enjoyable, which is pretty much the way we see it. Yep. He's stunned by the business model working in this country. Keep waking up. Us nine million dollar batteries <laughs> and pronounce my name Schroeder, which I think I did, not Schrader, like uh, battery. Hey, everybody, I'm a human battery. Suck <laughs> me, suck me. Uh, Keith Edwards also in for $111.11 and Kyle Ferentz from Toronto. And Keith is in Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, Kyle Ferentz in Toronto, uh, Ontario have decided to donate only. If my birth year and my age equals $111, can you explain that again, Adam? Just yeah, it turns out uh, once every 832 years, uh, you will be in a year where the last two digits of the year, of your birth year, uh, if you add that to the age you are going to become or have just become in this year, uh, will equal $111, which, of course, uh, 11 is an extremely lucky number, big karma. So uh, this is why we have the $111 and preferably 11 cent uh, donation level. He also says if next year the same math equals 112, I'll definitely donate. <laughs> and it did. Oh, no. <laughs> I started playing in the stock market to make a decent living and get Monation Great White North. So I'm sharing my earnings so far with the show. Keep up the media assassination. The show rocks. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, sir that. Pater Schnakes yep. is in for $111.11. Thomas Weiler is in for $111.11. In the morning, John and Adam, a longtime listener of NA and DSC, a chat room member and a $5 supporter. Tomorrow, the 30th of June, is my 41st birthday. I hope we have him on the list. If we don't, we will now. And I need some karma uh, and a MILF. Oh! Can you give him a double? A double shot. So let me uh, see if I can uh, do the MILF and the karma shots. MILF! That's one mother I like. You've got Woo. karma. Tight! Tight! I tell you. Uh, I love the show and the endless hours of information and entertainment. Best regards, Thomas Weiler. Gitmo Nation fondue cheese. <laughs> Las Cruces in the Mexico. Uh, donation from barons.org. B-E-R-E-A-N-S dot org. What is Ryan that? Thompson in Fort Collins, Colorado, $84. Love their all-new talk stream. We could use a karma shot as I'm a poor college student donating $84. You've got karma. Thanks, Ryan. RJ Wales in Bay Village, New South Wales. 
8333. Finally, I've become a donor, not a boner. Hooray. The donation consists of $33.33 for a podcast license. <laughs> these these, these licenses, are, they're gone, man. They're, go, they're, uh, they're like hotcakes. To get a mention on the show. Thanks for the entertainment and knowledge uh, for engaging my brain in a way that other media does not which is basically just listening to C-SPAN all day and, and looking for memes. That's <laughs> yeah, what like, we do. Yeah, like blood and treasure. Blood and treasure. Thank you for sending your blood and treasure. Keep pushing back on the battery on the barriers of ignorance. Uh, <coughs> Rob Wales, Tumba Umba, Gitmo Nation down under. <laughs> Alan Solomon, uh, Witterswill, uh, Switzerland. That's nice. I love Switzerland's great. $80. In the morning, John and Adam, your wish is my command. The no agenda record attempt has been submitted. Is our our no our uh, donation for our uh, domain name forwards? Our yes, our Guinness guy. Good luck with the record attempt. Uh, I've been listening since the early days of the DSC, and since and since show number one of No Agenda, and today I became a just took him this long to become a donor, not a boner, by sending you a donation of eighty dollars, the same amount as I recently spent on an iPad application or wow. some. I figured if I could waste eighty dollars on apps I almost never use, and I could donate the same amount for a show that keeps me amused for most of my commute, please de douche me and send me some karma. Give him a double. You've been de douched, karma. A little too tight. Shane Pasco and Ivanhoe, Victoria, Australia, seventy-five bucks. Alan Martin, Brandon, Florida, sixty dollars. Was waiting to convert to. I guess Bitcoin, but change my name. Good thing. Send uh, some anti-cancer karma to him. Fuck cancer. You've got karma. Uh, Bram, I, Bond, this one you're going to have to help me bon out. Bonharts. Bonharts? <laughs> Bonharts. Bon, bon Bonharts? Yeah, close enough. And he's in uh, some place. Sertogens Bos. Wow. 50 double nickels on the dime every uh, enjoy summary wants us to keep it the good work badly need a podcast license so p- please consider this at 3333 plus 21 <laughs> Ken Dusing in uh, Stittsville Ontario double nickels on the dime I heard my sister-in-law Lily Snively has donated after being a douchebag for the past year so as not to allow her to uh, assign dreaded douchebag status back on me <laughs> I make this donation back at you sister yeah hey and sis I- <laughs> and I could use a little karma action for my son, Ben, in support of his current job hunt. Job right. hunt. Here you go, Benny boy. You've got karma. And then the next donation is Lily Snively in Simcoe, Ontario. Today, while listening to No Agenda, I realized it's about time I donated the show. I'm an avid listener. Can't wait for the new episodes. Left my head off uh, and share No Agenda moments with my brother, uh, in law Ken, who turned me onto the show some uh, time ago, he's too is a supporter, and that's Ken Dusing, and has donated a few shekels. Going to be fifty-two uh, this summer. I have four adult brats, four adorable grandchildren, registered nurse, and uh, works at the ER department. She may have some. Uh, she may have some stories for us eventually. Let's hope. She also wants a dedouching. You've been de-douched. and she wanted some karma. Oh, you got to read the whole note. You've got. Karma. Martin Kolb in Menasha, Wisconsin. Double nickels on the dime. Tim Schalberger, Lake Oswego, which I love the name of that town, Oregon. Double nickels on the dime. He said he's had to stop being a boner and become a donor. How about the need some karma? You've got karma. And uh, 
And then uh, David Smolsky, $50 with a note. Hey, John and Adam just got done being groped by a TSA agent after opting out of the naked body scanner at the Pittsburgh airport. <laughs> Along with that, I got a lecture on how I could get less radiation from the rapid scan machine than I would cutting my grass. <laughs> I hadn't heard this one yet. No, I haven't heard this one either. It's that radioactive grass. Somebody's going to, by the way, I, I think I, we did a, 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 a uh, some talking points on this, but I think people out there, when you go to the airport, get a copy of the article about the cancer cluster at Logan Airport and carry it with you. It's in the show the notes. Airport. And when the guys give you a lecture like this, I go, oh, you're getting Pull out the article and give it to them. 317.nashownotes.com is where you can find uh, the article about uh, the cancer cluster. And just say, hey, you know what? I think I can probably get less radiation from the rapid scan as I can from standing next to you. Yeah, you're probably a radiator. You're glowing. Anyway, uh, he loves the show uh, that we're doing. uh, And the TSA experience has inspired me to donate to the show. Can I get a de-douching and a shot of karma? Give him a double. And his slave from Slave David. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. And finally, uh, $50 from our friend Greg Brunsell in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And that should close our uh, donation segment and we want to thank everybody who gave that amount and and all the smaller donations especially the podcast licenses there's a ton of those and um yeah thanks i I gotta spend all my time signing him after the show i have to sign all these podcast licenses well, there and, you have and it. assign all of the uh, all the it's a good idea there. except for the work part. Yeah, well. na and also go to noagendanation.com, noagendashow.com, and help us out. Help us uh, on the next show coming up. And uh, we appreciate all the help we get. And this is the way we do it. And we don't have to worry about somebody firing us. And if we want to call the president a dick, we don't have to worry about, you know, somebody calling and threatening the station. Uh, <coughs> or pulling like, our, or threatening please, our this advertisers. Is a, this is what, we're, what the media has come to. People can't <laughs> even express themselves. And... Um, I think we uh, put in the work. I'll well, have you a lo- sure did with those with the, the treasure and blood thing. Yeah, well, you know, I I actually I, I have to say guilty pleasure. I enjoy it. I get turned on. I'm like, oh my god, what have I found now? And you just keep going. And you and yeah, it, yeah, it gets now. We got to figure out what the message is. What's going on with this bull? We have crap. to yeah. We have to understand what blood and treasure means. I mean, the treasure we stole from Gaddafi. That's treasure. Yeah, we're pirates. I, I picked uh, one little uh, note out of the uh, out of the bin here. I'm not quite sure how much uh, Isabel uh, donated. Probably under fifty dollars, but uh, she has a very uh, important message for us. This is Isabel Pearson, P E A P E A R S O N. Uh, Adam and John has been a long time coming. I'm proud to now be a contributor to your unrivaled show, which I've listened to since the first podcast you did. Yes. I stumbled across you both back then and have never looked back. Now, finally, I'm on the path to knighthood, which would be damehood, in, in fact, for her, which is an absolute must for me. And, of course, uh, if you uh, want to take a look at rings.nashownotes.com, all of our dames and knights and barons and baronesses get a beautiful uh, white gold uh, ring, which uh, leaves an indentation uh, in the morning and hit him in the mouth when you hit someone in the mouth with it. Uh, From what I gather, your female fan base makes up a small percentage of your listeners, so I therefore reckon I may qualify as possibly your first and number one female fan. We found her, John. We found her. (laughs) 
Now, here comes. I am a club DJ based in Manchester, England, a partial geek and technical-minded, one might say, with a healthy interest in current affairs. Your eye-opening, informative, and humorous insight into the media has proved a continuous source of entertainment. Keep up the good work, guys. Now, P.S., if you go ahead with the, with producing a pin-up calendar featuring your listeners, then I will gladly volunteer to feature as a fun way of contributing. I think I still class as a hottie by most standards. Hope you approve. Go to IsabelPearson.com. I would uh, if I didn't just... That's one mother I'd like to. <laughs> I would if so I don't have this message that says Firefox not responding. Let me tell you this. We're doing a pinup calendar with only Isabel. She's smoking hot. It's like this is our thing. It's about time. Yeah, she's our first female listener. She's been with us from show number one. She's on her way to damehood, and she's smoking hot. Okay, this thing clear. What is it again? Isobel I S O B E L Pearson P E A R S O N dot com. Dude, dude, and click on gallery. You there? Uh, yeah, I'm clicking on it now. It's just uh look at her. It's just taking forever to load. Yeah, she's quite pretty. No, smoking hot. Hello, quite pretty. Look at her. And she's geeky and she's a DJ. And look at the one with it's she hot. Looks, she looks to me like someone who should be on Russia today. Yes, thank you. Reading the news. She has a slight uh, uh, a Slavic, look. little Slavic look, little Slavic look she to her. She would be perfect. She's beautiful. I'm in love. Uh, so I think we should do the calendar with just her. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I think people would buy that. Yeah, they probably would. Isabel, thank you so much. It's so incredibly nice. Really, really appreciate that. And, uh, well... Again, thank you all so much for supporting the show. It is uh, what keeps us going. It also uh, helps finance the uh, Hot Pockets 2008.com uh, uh, tour across America, which uh, uh, we've been doing some calculations. This uh, eight miles to the gallon thing is going to be rather expensive, but uh, we will be broadcasting live from the road all around Gitmo Nation and uh, keep those um, uh, invitations coming. Send it to Mickey at Curry.com. And, uh, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to uh, catch you sometime in the very near future. First of all, a big uh, birthday shout out to Mr. Oil. He celebrates his birthday tomorrow. And um, uh, Black Knight George Vanderhorst and, of course, his bride, Audrey, said, please, would you congratulate our son, Joshua Vanderhorst. He turns one year old today. And, of course, we'll uh, give him a little uh, karma shot in just a second. Beryl Snyder turns 41 today. Happy birthday. Thomas Weiler turns 41 tomorrow. And Sir Ernie Ernst, he has uh, celebrating his birthday today. He says, thanks so much for the night ring. I'm waiting for the first one to hit in the mouth as I speak. On the 30th of June, my birthday coincides with N.A. Show Day. Please play the birthday jingle as well as the karma one. That's not just for me, but rather a gift for myself to all the peeps out there who still work towards a free world. You've got karma. Thank you all very much. Very, very much. Sorry, I'm distracted by this browser crashing. Something weird happened in the Gitmo Nation East. 
Um, you see if, uh, yeah. Uh, let me, I want to get the, uh, the exact, here it is. This is very weird. It's like really underreported. They're saying there was a mild tsunami that swept along the southwest coast of England. And the reporting is, they have a video of it, and you see, well, let me read the report first. A mild tsunami along the south coast was probably caused by an underwater landslide, according to a coastal expert. It created an, an unusual tide surge that struck the Cornwall, Devon, Dorset, and Hampshire coastline Monday morning. There were reports of rivers changing direction, fish leaping out of the water, and even hair standing on end because of static. Uh, tsunami? No. Harp? Yes. <laughs> and they have this video of, of a river flowing in the, with the, with the flow. It's the river's flowing in one direction. And this tide flows in the other direction. Have you ever heard of such an occurrence? No, but I wouldn't be surprised if it hasn't been documented before, whatever it is. Isn't that a biblical thing when... Uh, when uh, uh, yeah, well, well, I thought the city that appeared in China was kind of more interesting. <laughs> I saw that, too. No, I, hey, 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 I'm just getting started, okay? Tell us about the city in China that appeared. This is great. I, what, what time? I think it was in Shanghai or Beijing or some, one of the big cities. There, there, if you were on the bridge, you, a city... A whole city with trees around it and buildings and skyscrapers, and it went deep into the distance. It kind of looked like a, a woodsy version of Sao Paulo. It uh, showed up in the middle of uh, – as a mirage that was very visible for, I guess, a few minutes. And people – there's there's videos of it, and people are walking by commenting on it. Look at that it's thing there. <laughs> And and then it disappeared, and it's never been. I mean, it's never been fully explained what it was. That, I mean, a lot of it was obviously imagine your imagination. Of course, in the of course, I'm just making it up. But the, I'm on uh, soma. But you know, some people say it was a vortex, and it was actually a city that you know did something. Maybe it was the Stargate that you're always talking about. Uh huh. Could have been something like that, but then again, it's probably just a mirage. But it was a beauty. And there are videos all over the internet about it. Well, there's another thing that was uh, that has been videoed all over the internet, and I'm sure John, you'll say that it's all fake and it's all doctored. And even though it's like, I, when do I ever say that? All the time. Uh, above London, uh, in yes. in broad daylight, I'm sure you saw this. All of a sudden, three apparent UFOs appeared, and then a mothership. And it's really clear on the video. And it's like, and you see all these people uh, on the street, you know, pointing their cell phones and video cameras up at the sky, and they're all recording this. And it's like these little little ships going, boom, 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 and then the mothership appears, and it and hovers. And by the way. And then it, it blasts off. Did you see that? Yeah. And by the way, I want to, just as an, a side note that really has to do with the show, um, when you, if that, that happened, it's another short-term phenomenon similar to the uh, mirage. It was something that happened and, and then stopped happening. People left and right were taking pictures, movies, because everybody's got a camera on them now all the time. So when we keep seeing these reports and we can't get any visual confirmation, we know these, that, you know, we're talking about news reports from the mainstream media and there's no visual confirmation, just these crazy reports. We know it's bull crap because people are, are recording everything that goes on. But 
So I don't understand what you're saying. I don't either. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I, I, it's still probably a part of Project Bluebeam. Of course, the Russians. What? Yeah, but we talked about Project Bluebeam. <laughs> Pro- Project Bluebeam is a psyops operation to get everyone to believe in extraterrestrials. And then, uh, of course, they're going to come down and kill us, and then we uh, will we'll have... Yeah, we all got to... Oh, it's just that. Yeah, do whatever your government tells you to do. Interesting HARP magnometer data. Uh, HARP was extreme, and this is uh, right off of the government websites. <clears throat> Coincidence or not, but the 2.5 uh, hertz HARP uh, waves were active for two full days before the Japan earthquake and tsunami. Like, massively active. Check that out in the show notes at 317.nashownotes.com. Yeah, everyone laughs at me when I talk about this stuff, but okay. Yeah, maybe I'm just crazy. I'm not laughing. Because uh, I still believe that uh, that was induced. I don't know if it was our harp or Russian harp or whoever was fiddling on the harp, uh, but it didn't seem very natural to me. What is natural, John, is the following drug ad. It follows you wherever you go. It's a cloud of depression. And although you've been on an antidepressant for at least six weeks, you're frustrated that your depressive symptoms are still with you. Seroquel XR, when added to an antidepressant, is approved for the treatment of major depressive disorder. For many, taking Seroquel XR with an antidepressant was proven more effective for treating unresolved symptoms of depression. That's 26 seconds. What do you think the remaining one minute and four seconds is all about? Yeah, it's just all telling you it's going to kill you. Yeah, but it's this is good stuff. This is better than the stuff I just took this morning. Than an antidepressant alone. Call your doctor if you have unusual changes in mood, behavior, or thoughts of suicide. Antidepressants can increase these in children, teens, and young adults. Elderly dementia patients taking Seroquel XR have an increased risk of death. Call your doctor if you have fever, stiff muscles, and confusion, as these may be signs of a life-threatening reaction. Or if you have uncontrollable muscle movements, as these could become permanent. High blood sugar has been reported with Seroquel XR and medicines like it, and in extreme cases can lead to coma or death. Your doctor should check for cataracts. Other risks include decreases in white blood cells, which can be fatal, seizures, increased cholesterol, weight gain, dizziness on standing, drowsiness, impaired judgment, and trouble swallowing. Use caution before driving or operating machinery. For more help putting distance between you and your depression, ask your doctor about adding Seroquel XR today. Learn more at SeroquelXR.com. If you can't afford your medication, AstraZeneca may be able to help. I love it. I need some of that Seroquel. What do you What's say? What's funny about that commercial is they have this little cloud following yeah, this woman the around. Cloud. It's a cartoon. I know, the cloud. <laughs> hey, it's the cloud. It's another cloud meme. Maybe there, maybe your music is in that cloud too that follows around you, and you got depression. But so there's, a, there's a new. Well, I'm I, sorry. I, no, I just wanted to stay because there's a couple of uh, vaccine-related things uh, along with the drugs, and uh, the first one is a new study, John. New study. Uh, the, it, apparently, it's changed now. Getting your flu vaccination while you're pregnant is actually now good for your baby. How does that work? Well, it's a new study. <laughs> I love it. I love it when they do this stuff. Remember, it was like no pregnant women. This is from parentcentral.ca, which is, uh, I think the article is taken from the Toronto Star. 
And, uh, yep, so there's a brand new study. Uh, research, uh, polling, pooling, Dr. Catherine Pooling, pediatrics professor at Wake Forest Baptist Health Center in North Carolina, along with researchers from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Vanderbilt University, that's of uh, Anderson Cooper Vanderbilt, and Anderson Pooper, by the way, is his new name, and the University of Rochester analyzed data, and they said, you know what, it's really good to get a flu vaccine if you're pregnant. And this now appears in this month's American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology. And they checked data from seven flu seasons. Apparently, uh, they missed it the first time around when they said, don't get it. But I guess it's now different. Just, well, they got, it sells more shots if they get it. Yeah. Yeah, of course it's somebody it. screwed up. Of course up. it sells more oh, yeah. shots, yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're, somebody had a meeting and said, look, we can give the shot. Well, it's going to maybe kill a bunch of women, and maybe the babies are going to be deformed. Who knows? So that's okay. We're, 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 there's no liability issues. The government has given us free clear. Let's just, just shoot everybody with a shot. Who cares if they die? We don't even have to Who shoot. Who cares what happens? That doesn't make any difference. What happens, what happens, happens. We don't even have to shoot you up because, and here's the big breakthrough, annual flu protection could soon be as simple as downing a spoonful of yogurt. Another groundbreaking trial by Washington scientist Barry Marshall paving the way for food-based vaccines. Ha-ha! So now they can just put it in your food. End of the article, vaccines could also be put in the drinking water. I don't think I like the sinister laugh, actually, John. It's like if, as if it's hilarious. As if, as if lithium and uh, fluoride is not enough. Now we're just gonna and people. You know what people are gonna go? Hey, that sounds like a really good idea. I think we should put more vaccines in our water. What do you think? Loaded up with drugs. The water's already contaminated with all these drugs that they they can't get out of the sewage treatment anyway. I need some vaccine in my water. I want my diabetes vaccine. I want my flu vaccine. I want my diarrhea vaccine. I want my vaccine vaccine all in my water. And now, ladies and gentlemen, our favorite person, our favorite person. Who was our favorite person, John? Our favorite person is And you can always follow me on Twitter. No, it's the Twitter. (laughs) It's the Twitter guy. Rick Perry. Well, I think he's got a real good shot at winning the uh, Republican nomination. No. Um, You're going to put that way. Hold it. You want that in the red book? Because I'm, I'm going to definitely no on that guy. I don't want he it in the I, I, no, balls I, chance in hell. I don't want it in the book, but I do know that he's got a lot of money behind him. Yeah, sure. Texas. You know why? I'm going to put my prediction in the book that Rick Perry will not be the nominee. Okay. The no, under that's cool. no, that's cool. No, that's cool. He, vice president. He is actually... What was that? He uh, actually... Uh, <laughs> this is good. He is uh, on board with Merck, and he is now trying to make Gardasil vaccinations. This is the HPV vaccination, which I do not believe is helpful. Making it mandatory in Texas. Yeah. What a douchebag. It's amazing. Adios, mofo. What a douchebag. So he's in bed with Merck. Now, Merck got a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know, remember, we do, we do choose our presidents like we choose our soap powder. Well, if you want to get Obama <clears throat> reelected, put this guy up for, for election. Then we have some uh, two-to-the-head news. And it starts off in the pharmaceutical industry. 
Uh, this was uh, rather interesting. This came to us from Sir Snorrestein. And this, uh, so this is from, I believe, uh, Norway. Here we go. Professor Emeritus Lars Heiheim, amongst experts who were highly critical of the number of the World Health Organization assumed when they put swine flu influenza preparedness at the highest risk level, uh, was killed during a fishing trip. Oops. Huh. Yeah, 65-year-old been out fish on a fishing trip, was reported missing from the family at 1 o'clock on Wednesday morning. Uh, his, uh, the 65-year-old and his boat were found at a distance from each other just south of Riavarden uh, about an hour later. Uh, yeah, so apparently he fell overboard and drowned. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens when you're uh, against uh, vaccines. Yeah, well, it happens. Don't go fishing, by the way. Uh, Little news on uh, Michael Jackson. Of course, LaToya has been making the rounds. Yeah, she's been telling everybody that he was murdered, and there's no doubt about it. Yeah, of course, uh, you heard that here first on the No Agenda show. Yeah, and she cited the usual suspects as the, you know, this is like, to us, this is like, to what, three years old? How old is this story for us? Uh, Yeah, it's like, has he been dead for two years now? I don't know, I whatever two the years. case. I think yeah. it's, it's two years. I don't two think years. we need to cover it. Well, no, the thing we do need to cover, uh, according to court papers obtained by Reuters. Now, now, before Michael Jackson died, what was the reporting? What was the reporting continuously? He was in debt. Uh, no, he's broke. He was broke. So according to court papers obtained by Reuters, the late pop icon was in $400 million of debt when he died. Since his death, sales have now resulted in a 2010 profit of $310 million. <laughs> yeah, net. $310 million profit. The guy was worth more dead than he is alive. That's why they offed him. Yeah, well, that's a problem. If you're going to be worth more dead than alive, I would be very, I would move someplace else. Nevada. <laughs> Wait a minute. He lived in Nevada. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, I thought no that problem. was uh, that was rather. Well, I got a couple of news items. Yeah, hit me. Uh, to get, uh, to, 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 I think we should keep up with gay news once in a while, and the New York Times is the best place for that. I love me as a bi curious male. I love me some gay news. In a softball case, a thorny debate over who qualifies as gay. Mm. The five ball players summoned before the protest committee, or the yeah the the protest committee at the Gay Softball World Series, stood accused of cheating. Their alleged offense, heterosexuality. Don't tell me there were some straights in the gay game. Uh, inside a small room surrounded by committee members and other softball officials and players, they were interrogated about their sexual orientation. Confusion reigned. According to the court records, one player declined to say whether he was gay or straight, but acknowledged being married to a woman. Another answered yes to both gay and heterosexual definitions. A third Asked if bisexual was acceptable is why I'm getting this. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me I'm being discriminated against? A bicurious male can't participate in a gay game? He was told, quote, this is the gay world series, not the bisexual world series. (laughs) There's a new league. (laughs) Ultimately, Ah. the committee ruled that three of the five were non-gay. How do they, how do you do, how do you rule that? It's like, all right, son, we're going to see if you're really gay. You're n- they were non-gay and stripped the team of its second-place finish. No! 
This, ladies and gentlemen, is straight from the gay news front. John C. Dvorak and your bi-curious male, Adam Curry, bringing you the gay news. More gay news now from Lucifer Clinton. And then there is the work that our embassy team in Rome has been doing. Two weeks ago, they played an instrumental role in bringing Lady Gaga to Italy for a Euro Pride concert. Now, as many of you know, Lady Gaga is Italian-American and a strong supporter of LGBT rights. And the organizers of the Euro Pride event desperately wanted her to perform, and a letter to her from Ambassador Thorne was instrumental in sealing the deal. Over one million people attended the event, which included powerful words in support of equality and justice. Fantastic! The U.S. State Department helping Lady Gaga. Make more money. What That's kind of, what, right. What, what, uh, anyway, I wanted, there's another, I don't even want to get into that one. I mean, really? And she's, she's smiling. the Department of Commerce be doing that? No, it was the State Department. And, you know, Gaga is being sued, class action. About those uh, uh, earthquake uh, bracelets she was selling? Yeah, she sold them and then didn't do anything with the money except, I guess, spend it on... Meat, on a, meat dresses. On meat dresses. There's a segment of the show I wanna, I'm thinking of wanting to do. just want to experiment with it as an idea. Mm-hmm. And that is reading from my spam box. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have a brand new segment here on the show. This is John C. Dvorak reading from his spam box. Urgent and confidential. Mr. Carl Mensa sends a note to me, or actually sends it to undisclosed recipients for some unknown reason, but it's apparently to me. Hello, please pardon me for not having the liberty of knowing your mindset before writing, before writing you this letter without any formal introduction. My name is Carl Mensa. I am the present branch manager of the International Commerce Bank of Ghana, LTD. And if you look him up, of course he is. I write to solicit your partnership in claiming 15 million United States dollars <laughs> I got this from an one account too. at our head office. <laughs> I got this one, too. You got the same one? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're not going to read it? This isn't stupid, John. This is, they do this on Top 40 radio. Let's not do this. I don't like your How segment. Did you, but wait a minute. How did you get the same one? Oh, shut up. Uh, duh. All right. I'm not uh, going to read any more I, I, of the letter. But, I, but believe me, I could be retired from this show. I understand that uh, that you're upset that your SD card failed and you didn't have clips and stuff, but that doesn't mean you have to like go grow. I have a couple old clips. No, nah, I got better. I got new stuff. All right, hit it. All right, so um, this TSA thing has created obviously quite a stir. You know, we've got the poop police now. Oh, wait a minute. I have a jingle for that for the uh, poop police. Detective Dookie. Detective Dookie. Poop police. SPU, Special Poopers Unit. Right. So what does NBC do? NBC, of course, compromised. They do a very interesting hit piece in video. Um, What they do is they take two experts on airline security. One is the... It may be the former security for uh, expert for El Al, an Israeli guy who talks like, uh, you know, like a, like a terrorist himself, which of course is the whole point. And the other one is this very eloquent man who I think was either the deputy TSA or, well, actually Brian Williams will tell us in the intro. And they play the two clips one after another, and it, you come away. It's a total hit piece. You come away feeling like, well, 
the 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 Israeli guy is clearly nuts. The other guy is very, very smart and eloquent, and it's completely beautifully pieced together. I love those deals. Yeah, this is the equivalent of a hit piece in video, extremely well done. What to do about it? Tonight we hear the topic debated by two experts, Errol Southers, former nominee to head the TSA, and Isaac Yefet, the former head of security for Israel's state-run airline, El Al. I never said, and I will never say, that passengers, that because they are coming on wheelchair, we should not search them. But when I see a woman 95 years old sitting on wheelchair because the alarm went off, I have to be so stupid to search her from A to Z, including forcing her to pull out her diaper? This is not security, this is a joke. It should not be the first step. This should be the last step. We have seen threats where young children have been used to transport improvised explosive devices. We have seen IEDs placed on gurneys concealed in wheelchairs. So we've seen methodologies to deliver IEDs and a whole host of items and people to get to the target. So it's not unusual to have a threat in some countries where young children and elderly people might be cause for some concern. We're dealing with a very intelligent and adaptive adversary. Uh, an adversary that when we have a thwarted plot, it's a lesson learned for them. So the TSA has adopted a model that is trying to stay one step ahead of these threats and one step ahead of these attack paths that might be implemented. I don't see any kind of better security that we had before September 11. And we have to stop relying on God and on luck. Build a security system. Use a profiling system. Don't be afraid. Be afraid that we'll, innocent people will be killed because of us. Enough is enough. And if the alarm goes off, let me search you. If not, go. This is what I'm calling illusion and not real security. What I can say in defense of the TSA is that these people are very hardworking, dedicated individuals. They are trained well. And when people engage them in an aggressive and combative way, there are others that might be going through the process, not getting the attention that they deserve, that really need to be going to secondary screening. So I would say patience on both sides of the equation. Understand that these people want the same thing that you do to get to your destination, to have a good weekend and a good time and get there safely. And respect has to be given on both sides. I just thought that was a pretty amazing report. I don't know what to make of it. I mean, the guy is well, this he, guy from the TSA seems so reasonable. Well, he's saying you know? he's saying that uh, we have found children and elderly people with IEDs. Yeah, but then you notice how he he, he also mentioned that that was in other other countries. countries. Yeah, other but countries. But he puts that he kind of slips that in. There was no evidence that's ever happened in the United States. Really? Fact, it hasn't. No. When does it ever happen? No, it hasn't happened. Uh, what, you don't you don't think they wouldn't uh, like be all over it? Oh, yeah. No, if it ever happened, it would be like, you know, they'd up the ante even more, add more x-ray machines. Well, all I can say is what we have to do is make sure to get copies of that article about the cancer cluster. And when you go to the airport and they want you to go through that machine and you say no and then they give you a crap. Hand them, although they don't all do that because we have plenty of evidence. of. They don't give you crap. They look through your crap. 
Well, there, there we have people that have said you did the right thing, too. You know, there's some smart TSA guys out there. Mm. But if they give you crap, pull out that article and say, hey, you should read this when you get a chance. Yeah. Have yourself tested for cancer. So, um, anyway, that, that situation is just not improving. And, nobody's, and nobody in Congress seems to give a crap about it. I mean, a couple of people do. And we did have the, the testimony that was on a C-SPAN report where the guy basically said, came yeah. out and said that these machines don't even work. Yeah. So, great. So, something for the uh, math geeks. This just came out. I, I'm, I'm a little confused. <clears throat> Mathematicians are now cam- campaigning for pi to be replaced with tau. Experts are claiming that the number, the constant which references the circumference of a circle to its diameter, is wrong and no, that, and should be replaced with an alternative value called tau. So pi, yes. of course, 3.14159265 is, uh, they say it's the wrong figure to be associated with the properties of a circle. It should be tau, which is 6.28, approximately twice what pi is. What? Yeah, I know. I don't understand it either, but it seems like this is a pretty fundamental thing. Well, somebody's going to have to explain it to us, what they're talking about. Right? We were talking... I I don't know where you got that one. From the Daily Mail. Um, Remember I was talking about the grid experiment? The, uh, the the they want to slow down the cycles on the grid, yeah, <clears throat> as some kind of cost cutting measure or whatever. Uh, I, which I still have not. No one's explained to me how that actually how how that would save anything. Well, but they're doing it because they've announced it. It was like an official announcement. And uh, one of our producers uh, says, "Oh, you know, this is really bad, and this, they, they did it in Venezuela." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, could you please just find an article and send it to me?" So it's now in the show notes. From CNN from 2003, Caracas, Venezuela. This is from Reuters, but uh, republished by CNN. Uh, Title, uh, One Country Loses Time Literally. In a bizarre mass malfunction, Venezuela's clocks are ticking too slow due to a power shortage weakening the electric current nationwide. By the end of the day, each day, the sluggish time pieces still have another 150 seconds to tick before they catch up at midnight. Um... So, you know, I, I think we'll be okay. Most clocks are probably not necessarily dependent on that anymore. But there are a couple other things that happen when you start messing with the cycles. We use 60 cycles or 60 hertz here in uh, in uh, Gitmo Nation West. Apparently, it screwed up some companies who had uh, mixing engines for orange juice. And because it runs at a slower cycle, it was mixing the orange juice slower, and therefore they had to throw out all these batches because it was just, it was literally like, you know, the machines run slower, and so it was mixing it at the wrong uh, measure for their secret formula. It's all kinds of. Yeah. Don't you understand that? Where'd you get that one? From the same article. This is from the Daily Mail, though. No, this is from CNN, from Reuters, from from 2003. When they had the exact same problem with the cycles going down, there's something up about this. We we this is the, this is a one of those things like the treasure and blood that is there's something more to this story. I've already told you what it is. It's controlling you. 
cycles are all around you. This electricity oh, is all around us, and they're going to slow us down. Yeah, they, I'm telling you, that's what slow it's for. Us down. It's to slow us down. Well, they, do, they have 50 cycles. Uh, service in europe and right. that, they're slower there well maybe. yeah yeah hello point made i don't have to say any more than that do i a uh, nice correction we got from uh, a number of our um, producers which we highly appreciate about the uh, chinese uh, aircraft manufacturer and uh, we were talking about uh, china possibly uh, you know, you were like, I didn't, I'm not aware they had uh, aircraft manufacturing. Well, turns out that they, at the most recent air show in Le Bourget, were uh, selling the uh, C919 Chinese passenger jet. And in fact, uh, a couple of um, airlines in the U.S. have said, you know what? If they can create something that uh, is comparable to like the 737, we'll buy them. And there it is. The Commercial Aircraft Corporation of China has orders for 100 single-aisle C919 passenger jets from international... Oops. Ugh. Well, aviation here we go. ambitions received a big boost as customers ordered 100 of its first commercial jetliner, the C919. State-owned manufacturer Comac, or Commercial Aircraft Corporation of China, announced the orders at the Zhuhai Air Show Tuesday. Two years after launching designs for the 150-seat aircraft, COMEX said orders came from four Chinese airlines and the leasing arm of General Electric, which will supply the jet engines. Yeah, nice. There go our engines. Yeah, so, for now. Then the Chinese will be making their own engines. Of course. Oh, of they course. Just, yeah, they're like, give, give us an engine. Give us an engine. We will take give a us look. an engine. We can deconstruct we can it. Look at we engine. got lots of engineers. We can look at engine. Some desperate measures happening uh, down uh, down under, although uh, Kiwi land, to be exact, Gitmo Nation Kiwi. Um, ju- uh, uh, tomorrow, they are uh, outlawing all smoking in the prisons down there. And uh, so the prisoners are now smoking the nicotine patches. <laughs> yeah. You know, you want to have a prison riot on your hand? Take away the smoke. So uh, 5,700 inmates have taken up the nicotine replacement therapy of nicotine patches and lozenges, and now they're smoking them. (laughs) I'm sorry for you guys. That really must suck. (laughs) Can you believe that? You're in jail and you can't, you got to go detox off of smoke. Holy crap. That's got to be hard. That'd be really, really hard. Yeah, I'm looking at this jet. Yeah. I mean, it's just got everything. It looks like an exact clone of, the, of European American jets. Yeah. Well, it's they got the same thing here. The 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 the, the overhead compartment's got the same. Looks like the same latch. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole kind of concept of aircraft is not. You know, there's not a lot of revolutionizing you can do. You know, it's just kind of what it is. Yeah, but you'd think there would be something that was a little distinctive. I mean, there's a difference between an Airbus and a Boeing jet. Anyway, go on. All right, so I'm just going to run down uh, the news, uh, the things that I just definitely wanted to mention. Um, We have, let me see. Oh, yes, this was very interesting. So we have this flooding in, uh, is it North Dakota? Where's the the flooding taking place? North Dakota Minute is one of the... 
key spots. So uh, now the reason why, why is this all flooding? The Army Corps of Engineers, uh, this is the Missouri River, right? Didn't they decide, you know, to like open up some land? They flooded land in uh, Mississippi and other places. Yeah. Well, no, that's the, the, well. This is different. There, there's been two or three episodes of flooding over the last couple of months, and the, and the re- rationale for each one's a little different. But is but it is this one's just a river that just apparently went nuts because of, of nothing but rain, and then the, the high temperatures melting the snowpack, and it just overwhelmed the uh, the town. Right, but in Missouri, they actually let it flood. Yeah, that's a different situation. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. They let it flood in Missouri, saying, "Well, we have to do this." Yeah, to protect other parts of the of the of the country. Well, now residents and owners of this land are receiving letters from the Army Corps of Engineers offering to buy their land. How about that for a perfect storm? Oh, that's interesting. So first you let it flood, and then you say, "Hey, let me buy that land." I find that to be I find that to be agenda twenty one type stuff. Yeah, personally, I like it. I don't. I don't. Well, I li- like it from a story perspective. I don't like it. Yeah. Then we I have got a story for you. Let me give you a sure, story. Sure. Taiwanese blogger sent to jail for writing negative review of a restaurant. <laughs> this was going to start happening here, by the way. Oh yeah. This, this woman Liu uh, blogs about food health and so on and on. She says she was. She, she said the food served by the restaurant was too salty, where she only had dried noodles and some side dishes on that day. Moreover, she judged the place as unsanitary because there were cockroaches and challenged the owner was a bully as he allowed customers to park their cars haphazardly, leading to traffic jams. They uh, apparently... After the owner spotted the criticism, he accused her of defamation. The court ruled her criticism of the restaurant exceeded reasonable bounds and sentenced her to 30 days. <laughs> Shut up, slave! Wow, you think you really think that's going to happen here as well? You give oh, it- well, once we know what's going to happen here, we're going to have a number of stages. The initial stage is going to be the licensing, which I'm, there's no question in my mind that that this audit control blogging situation is going to have to require people to be licensed, right, in order to write a review. And uh, yeah, probably. Wow. Hey, the iPhone four sucks. You have an iPhone four. Now I'm just saying. Or let's say, hey, the iPhone 5 sucks. Hello, son. Do you have a license to review products? <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Do you have a license to re- I don't your u- license? To I haven't used things. the iPhone 4 for six weeks. I'm still using the, the Google Android phone. Loving it. The, the Nexus S? Uh, is that the one? Yeah. Loving it. I turned off all the tracking stuff as far as I know. Yeah, uh, I turn all that stuff off. Yeah. yeah. Did you turn off your near field communication? Yeah, hell yeah. You kidding me? What I look like some kind of like I fell off the turnip truck. So this, yeah, I like that. I like the phone. I, it's got you know the navigation on that phone. I find it to be quite outstanding. Good. I find it outstanding. Yeah, it's no, better than the iPhone. The yeah, no, I use it all the time, and you can just yell into it. You just hit the little microphone, and you go, blah, 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 and it and it gets your the address immediately. No more typing in all these different screens, city, state, road. Yeah, I find the voice recognition to be a little sketchy in the field. It works fine in the house. I use it with the top down in my 1999 Saab. 
Yeah, you don't live with I I could never get the street Hesperian Boulevard. Well, let me try. Hold on a second. Hesperian Boulevard? Yeah. I got it right here. Let me see if I can do it. San Leandro. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Hesperian Boulevard, San Leandro. Okay. And that's California, right? Yeah. Okay, let me speak the destination. Hold on. Hesperian Boulevard, San Leandro. Working. working. I got I got Spirian Boulevard. No good. No good. Oh, okay. Well, good try. Uh, I think in general, though, it, it has to do with the voice. Uh, Google recognition really likes my voice. And I don't have the customize your voice. I didn't want them, like, tracking my voice because you can also set it to so it will remember your voice and the things mm-hmm. that you wanted. Uh, but it works quite well for me, even with background noise and everything. Yeah, so, you have a – you have yeah. a, a. I have a missing uh, Tooth. Uh, mid-range. Tooth. I have I, – <laughs> I have a missing mid-range, so so cheap microphones yeah, don't do me don't any do good. Work. Don't work, yeah. Which tend to emphasize the mid-range. So the thing that I found very disturbing, there's a lot going on with uh, Gabrielle Giffords. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of research about connections to Obama and her husband and all kinds of weird things going on. But now there's uh, this Jared Loeffner thing where the... There, the judge wants to have him doped up on antipsychotics so that he can testify. This doesn't make sense to me. Have you been following this? this again? So Jared, no, I'm not following this at all. I mean, you have to no, brief no. me on. All right. So Jared Laudner, who is the uh, the lone wolf shooter, um. So he has to testify. They've, they've already said, oh, the guy's clinically crazy. He's psychotic. But we want him to testify, so we're going to uh, shoot him up with uh, antipsychotic drugs in order for him to testify. This doesn't sound right to me. It sounds to me like something fishy is going on, and they need to dope him up to hand out whatever story. He's already pleaded not guilty. Hmm. We, it's weird. Well, maybe we'll figure something out here and figure out what that's all about. Well, I mentioned these things so that our No Agenda producers can get on it uh, because they typically they'll come up with some really good things. Uh, e. coli virus uh, or the bacteria is still rampant throughout Europe. Forensic evidence emerges that the E. coli bug superbug was bioengineered. Of course, uh, we already deconstructed that here on the show. Just in this morning, E. coli outbreak may be traced to Egyptian seeds. Hello. That's a new one. And the FDA is now saying to consumers, don't eat evergreen produce sprouts. Unless you cook them. Right. Unless you. I don't even think they're saying that. I think this is from our national treasure, NPR. I don't even think they're saying that. I think they're just saying don't eat them, period. Uh, I would say look for uh, Russia to do a deal with the Chinese for all of their veggies pretty soon and cut out all of Europe. Um, Now, the the Food and Drug Administration says this is salmonella. They're not saying E. coli, but they're like jumping on the bandwagon here. And they just say uh, don't uh, don't eat them at all. They don't say uh, no mention here at all about uh, about cooking them. So. Oh, we're go. also talking about the type of sprouts you use on a sandwich, which is not the same as the as the bean sprout that's used in Chinese cuisine. Right. I don't know anyone puts bean sprouts on a sandwich. Oh, it's uh, people in Holland do that all the time in the lowlands. The big bean sprout, they're huge. Not the big ones, but the, it's called tauge. 
I don't think that's the same one. I think that's a green sprout. Oh, oh I might be wrong. Tony Blair and Bill Clinton are uh, setting up a new business venture. Uh, they are starting a merchant bank. Unbelievable. Called Teneo. And that's very interesting because Teneo is a word from... What is the etymology of Teneo? How do you spell it? T-E-N-E-O. I possess, I occupy, I control, I watch, I guard, I maintain, I defend, I retain, restrain, detain, check, control... Very, I, I always, lo- I always love it when people name companies. I want to know where it's coming from. So uh, they're going to be controlling something. They're getting into the banking business together. Oh, good on you guys. Very, very good. Love that. Well, hopefully the real bankers out there will take these guys for uh, all they have. Well, they are, of course, part of it. You were wondering what Julian Assange was up to that we haven't heard anything from him. Uh, yeah, what, I had this thesis on the last show that uh, you know his 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 he did what he had to do, and they got uh, the Libyan uh, Tunisian thing started, and uh, basically, and then that's he just shoved it. He's done. Right, he's done. But of course, uh, he has to make a living. So one of our producers uh, tweeted me on uh, tweeted me this uh, this particular photo, and you can always follow me on Twitter, uh, Lol MC. And this is uh, 15th to 17th July, 2011, the Cass Business School, London, the Center for Investigative Journalism Summer School. This year's themes, whistleblowing, taxation and digital activism with keynote speaker, Julian Assange. (laughs) He's doing gigs now. <laughs> he's been rele- he's been relegated. He's just to- doing stand up. He's, you know he's just doing gigs. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. I wonder who his agent is. There's a uh, nine year old kid who discovered something very interesting about uh, our uh, our president and all and just about every single president of our elitist society. It's the first family tree of its kind, pouring through more than half a million names for months. 12-year-old Bridge Ann D'Avignon discovered that all the U.S. presidents, except Martin Van Buren, are related to the former king of England, John Lackland Plantagenet, signer of the Magna Carta in 1215. Mildred Reed is his first great-grandmother on George Washington. And on Obama, Mildred Reed is the 10th great-grandmother. It started as an assignment to research her own lineage. There you go. They're all related to the King of England, but one, Martin Van Buren, who I think was an actor, actually. Wasn't he in, like, uh, some sitcom? A lot of people put Martin Van Buren at the beginning of the uh, corrupt government uh, movement in the United States. Really? Yeah. Was he corrupt? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of uh, fun. He initiated a lot of weird stuff. The other one that's kind of interesting to follow... When we look at this, you know, the CIA, the intelligence-centric uh, government, and, and all the uh, and the, the growth of uh, of agencies that want to tell you what to do, it, it looks like it stems from Truman. Truman has been growing ever since. Truman. That's how you got to say it, like Seinfeld. Truman. 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 I can't believe you know, like Newman. Truman. I only have two uh, two things left, John. If uh, you got anything. I'm good. You good? You're done? Well, uh, I mean, I would like to play that clip of all the... Oh, jeez. Uh, no, no, no. I recorded it for you. 
It's 12 minutes and it's horrible. No, it's not. It's horrible. It is the. It's not 12 minutes. The of all the Miss Americas. Well then, no, I think no. That's the, that clip has been changed then because that clip I think that you have that that I think they switched it because the original clip is about a minute and a half. Oh no no no! It's twelve minutes of all. Uh, they got something else going. I'll, I'll get the real clip and put it put it in. I mean, it was interesting. It's not twelve minutes. Well, I, 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 you sent me the YouTube video. I made the clip since your stuff was I all messed up. I think they swapped that video out because the clip that I was running was short. It got to the point and it ran through no, it. It was no, quite amusing. No, uh, this is all not right, so all right, amusing. All right, all right, all right. So what no, do you I'm got? Sorry. Well, first I have a, an example of why you need to support our show because this is what passes for programming on our national treasure, NPR. <laughs> From WAMU 88.5 at American University in Washington, welcome to the Kojo Namdi Show, connecting your neighborhood with the world. It's Tech Tuesday. It's Tech Tuesday, everybody! Woo! How about some jazzy music? It's Tech Tuesday! What are we going to do? Hello, Kofi it's and I. It's a rambling, chaotic conversation about local neighborhood culture taking place 24 hours a day, 140 characters at a time. Woo! Welcome to the real-time frenetic world of Twitter. Twitter! Unbelievable. That's programming? We're paying for that? I'm sorry. We're not Wait paying a minute, for it. Are you telling me that this is a show where they just read tweets? No, they have like all these Twitter tweeter experts and they're talking about the importance of Twitter. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. But it's Tech Tuesday, everybody! Yeah! Tech Tuesday! Hey, really? Are you out of your mind? There's nothing tech about Twitter. No. So I have a clip which um, I think is an end of show clip, but I, I think it's important because it ends in the most unbelievable way that we have to come back after the clip. And this is of Mayor Bloomberg on Fox and Friends. And it just came in this morning. Otherwise, I, I would have. I mean, I, I, I tried to cut it down, but everything is so outrageous in this clip. Every meme is in it. It is. Uh, it, this is uh, Mayor Bloomberg um, with a PSA of Adam Gadan, uh, which they, they set him up with this. Uh, and apparently, we have to now go after gun shows because Adam Gadan, the American, who uh, uh, President Obama will eventually kill with a drone because he's already tried. Uh, and it's legal for him to do that now. <clears throat> uh, is uh, telling uh, the terrorists... To go and buy guns at gun shows. Because this is the easiest place to go and get a gun. And Mayor Bloomberg, he wants this stopped. Because this is terrorism. Complete terrorism. And every single meme hits this clip all the way up to the end. So I will leave your mic open for any responses that you might have to it. But it will freak you out. You ready? Hit it. Congress about illegal guns saying that they are more than a crime problem... They're now a national security danger. They even use the words of an Al-Qaeda spokesperson in a new PSA. The latest Al-Qaeda plot instructs terrorists on how to buy guns in America. This is a golden opportunity 
America is absolutely awash with easily obtainable firearms. You can go down to a gun show and come away with a fully automatic assault rifle without a background check. So what are you waiting for? Wow. Joining us this morning to talk more about this, someone who's fought against this for years, is New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg. Good to see you this morning. Uh, this gun show loophole, an estimated 40% of U.S. gun purchases are sold without background checks because of this, quote, private sale or gun show loophole. Why has that not been able to be closed after all of these years? Congress is just unwilling to face the fact that the Second Amendment doesn't protect terrorists. I don't think anybody thinks uh -oh. that al-Qaeda would... <laughs> You're loving it, right? It gets better. It's in the minds of the founding fathers. Right. Have a I don't think... Oh, did you hear that? Oh, my God. I got I to gotta replay that. Play thing. that again. Says, I don't think... This is another anti-Constitution meme. Face the fact that the Second Amendment doesn't protect terrorists. I don't think anybody thinks that Al-Qaeda was in the minds of the founding fathers. Right. You have Please. a right to buy... What is that? Yeah, that that's actually... That is a total anti-Constitution meme. And not only it's, that, it's but saying that the Constitution is is a is a dated document that needs to be updated based on today's facts. And uh, didn't we have like the British or something? Didn't we have our own version of terrorists back in the day when they wrote yeah, this? Yeah, they storm in. They they do unwarranted checks. Like, uh, George the Third's uh, troops would come in your house. That's why we had to set up. The, you had to have warrants, but of course, seemed to have been avoided recently because with the Viper teams. But that's beside the point. But there's yeah. Yeah, they were the terrorists. Yeah, so, but of course the founding fathers weren't thinking of Al-Qaeda back in the day. Right. Guns protected in the Constitution. Every state has the right to set their own laws. They do that. But the federal government passed a law saying you can't buy a gun if you are a minor, if you have psychiatric problems, or if you have a criminal record. Then they didn't fund the uh, ATF so that there's really no enforcement of it. And they have this gun show loophole where if you say I'm a casual seller, you don't have to do the background check that's required to meet the first set of requirements that I just talked about. And so people go to gun shows and just buy guns. And the sellers go to gun shows, and they're not casual sellers. They can have a few hundred guns there to sell. And the guy you saw in the ad, he's not an actor. This is a terrorist. This is a guy we think is hiding in Pakistan, an American. Adam Gadad. Yes. Converted to Muslim, to become a Muslim, and which there's nothing. Muslims, most Muslims aren't terrorists. This guy. John, did you know that most Muslims aren't terrorists? Really? I thought they all were. Most aren't, but of course, huh? oh, so, this is, yeah. let me write this down in the red book. <laughs> most Muslims aren't terrorists. So this guy, Gadan, is a total stooge. He, he made this commentary as a part of a greater scheme. Of course. Of course. He's not even a terrorist. The guy's a phony. You know, he's a terrorist. And wait, wait until you hear Bloomberg at the end. He's a terrorist. He's a terrorist. It happens to be an extreme Muslim who is out there advocating people to buy guns and kill Americans. And he says you can just do it right in America. Just walk up to a gun. So the show. NRA response to that spot is that he is uh, recommending to people who are not part of an organized uh, movement, really lone wolves, to go buy guns. Those lone wolves who might go to a gun show and buy that gun and commit a terrorist attack wouldn't be on a watch list anyway, quite possibly. I don't know that, but what's the, what rational reason could you have for not at least trying? It is true that everybody that wants to uh, bring down an airliner isn't on the terrorist watch list, but to not check before you get on a plane doesn't make any sense. Now listen to this. Listen to this. We're going to put it into your head you now. get this clip? Uh, Fox and Friends. Fox, Fox and Friends. Yeah, with a hot chick. 
How That's is a- Fox and Friends running this? I thought they were like the ultra, you know, conservatives that would be like, totally questioning this thing. I got a boner for the chicks on that show, man. Good. They do find some people. Be a donor. <laughs> and I can just, if, if you were on that plane, how would you feel as, the, as you're coming to the end of your life and say, well, they didn't have the courage to test. Right. I'm coming to the end of my life and I'm thinking, they didn't have the courage to test. What, can you believe that this is a, a serious mayor that he's talking like this? This is, this is weird. You know, it's, it, I mean, that really gets everyone's attention when you're starting to talk about terrorists and using our, 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 our gun laws to, to get guns. But what about, I want to get your thoughts on this ATF Fast and Furious uh, program, which, is, which was, which was well, the U.S. Well, they, watching these they guns. They were trying to find out where the guns go into Mexico and how Mexican drug dealers get them. Mexican gun, uh, uh, drug dealers have killed something like 30,000 right. people over the years. Wait a minute. That's more than bin Laden's killed. 30,000. These Mexican, horrible Mexicans. And the guns. With guns they get here. Oh, there's no question. Right. The guns come from America, and we buy their drugs. Right. Yeah, uh, the government. The money goes to fund more drugs, more Absol- guns, absolutely. more drugs, more guns. There's no question no about question. that. They screwed up. They did a lousy operation. That does not mean we shouldn't keep trying to stop right. the flow of guns. But this is how it's going to be whitewashed, this whole Fast and Furious. Oh, they just did a lousy operation. Yeah, the idea was good. The idea of, of smuggling guns in was good. It's just they, they're just a lousy operation. If I was if, if I was in part of the if I was in charge of the Department of Homeland Security, it wouldn't have happened. People who advocate for gun rights say we have a lot of rules. We have a lot of laws on the books already. They're not enforced, and so for well, a person who wants to be able to, we're going to have a record. Well, you guys have a wonderful. I mean, you guys well, okay, have a real. There are plenty of other cities and, and states in this country that do a good job too. You know, America isn't full of. America. Did you hear yeah, that? America. America. Yeah, in America. Of bozos. No, Most but, people but really if, do a good if, job at if, stopping it. It's just a handful of people. But right now, what their, their argument is, is why go after people who just want to enjoy guns on their own, have never done anything illegal? Why not enforce what we see? I mean, on the streets of, just read an article about on the streets of Newark, you can just buy a gun. Um, you know, quite easily, actually, probably just as easily as you can buy drugs or something else. Look, the mayor of Newark, is, Cory Booker, has got a very tough job. So does the mayor of every city in this country. Even if you don't get everyone, why would you not want to stop those people who have psychiatric problems, are minors, or have mm-hmm. criminal records? We have a federal law that says they can't buy guns. But it doesn't apply to gun shows where 40% of the guns, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. come from. Yeah. There's just no reason not to enforce the existing law. Now, John, this is about to wind up with 15 seconds left. What did you just say about Adam Gadon? He's a stooge for uh, the anti-gun lobby. And incidentally, you also want to close what they call the terrorist gap. And that is, if you can't fly, you should be added to that category of minor people who can't can. 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 sure. All right. Mayor Bloomberg, good to see you. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is real. This is a real terrorist. <laughs> he points back at the Gadan guy and says, this is a real terrorist? Yeah. This is real. This is real. This is a real terrorist. What is he terror? What has he done that makes him a terrorist? I don't know, but is this real? This is a real terrorist. Just some blowhard. Yeah. The CIA. Please. Yeah, somebody. His dad was, uh, I think his dad was uh, in charge of the Anti-Defamation League. I mean, please. Oh. You should look into Gadon. Yeah. I've heard of this guy. I got to look into him a little more. 
right. Well, John, it's always a pleasure, uh, or I said we should say a pleasure. And uh, I look well, I'm forward glad to that we, we can do this. I'm glad we can still do this show here in America. <laughs> in America, because we might have to move to China. If we well, we got our podcast license. Thank you again, everybody, for supporting the show. It's extremely important. It's the only way we can continue our work, and uh, I'm, it's just nice that people seem to appreciate it. And I, I can't I'm impressed that you got through the show without falling asleep. Ah, uh, what? Uh, oh, yeah. so you got so you got so you got your adrenaline kicked in. Yeah. Hey, hello, everybody. I'm tripping on Soma. And here in Gitmo Nation West, People's Republic of Southern California, yeah, where I will soon leave. Thank you, Jerry Brown. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. Talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda. Not just their time, but their treasure. And not waste our precious blood and treasure. The loss in blood and treasure. We must make hard choices about where to spend our blood and treasure. I just don't believe that it is worth the blood and the treasure. In blood and treasure. In my mind, not only are the costs and lives and treasure. With all of the American lives and treasure that were laid down for the lives and the treasure that were expended. A second war was launched in Iraq. And we spent enormous blood and treasure. Dvorak.org slash N-A